Awards season comes to a close once again, as tonight is the night of the 94th Academy Awards. And I've just done it again, haven't I? I've seen every single nominated movie, and we're going to talk about some of my head picks and heart picks. I'm Mike. And I'm here. And this is Popscorn. Welcome to Popscorn, the fans' favorite movie review podcast or movie award show review podcast. Preview, As technically. Preview, technically. This is coming out on the day of the Oscars, mm-hmm. but it's coming out the morning of the UK time, so it's pretty much 24 hours beforehand. There, thereabouts. There, yeah. thereabouts. Before the 94th Academy Awards, otherwise known as the Oscars. Uh, and we have a tradition here that we've been doing. Is this my third or fourth? <laughs> I have a tradition here. Look, you get the wrestling thing at I the do. end of I year. Do. So yeah, this is this is the trade off. We have two we have two cards that we interchange with each other every year. Yep. I get a big section of the end of uh, end of year review where I get to talk about all things wrestling for about half an hour to an hour, whereas Michael gets this very specific episode <laughs> to talk about the Oscars. See, if it just ext- if they just put the Oscars in April, we could have an Oscar episode and a WrestleMania episode yep. right next to each other, <laughs> where we could just talk non-stop whilst the other one sits patiently to chip in with something. Um, but even this year, I don't have the fucking mustard dog at WrestleMania. Well, nope. the most exciting match I'm excited for is... Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville versus my boy Sami Zayn. Yeah. Like, well, that is legitimately the most excited I am. <laughs> and for the prospect that Stone Cold might just be there. Yeah, in some form. Well, they were teasing he was going to have a match, but I'm like, lads, he hasn't wrestled in 19 years. He's fucked up. He was fucked up 19 years ago. <laughs> He's now well into his 50s, if not his <laughs> 60s. I don't want to see Stone Cold die for my sins, no. okay? I'm good. We came close to seeing that with Undertaker. <laughs> oh, God, we are. No, he's going in the Hall of Fame this year. Surely to God that means he's now properly done. He might come out and choke some dude occasionally, but he's not going to be taking any punches. Mm. It's fine. We're not here to talk about wrestling, <laughs> despite my best efforts. We are here to talk about Oscar things. So, yeah, you've done all of them. Yep. Uh, is this the third or fourth time I've done this? I want to say fourth. I think it might have been. Did I do all of 2019? If I did all of 2019, this is my fourth time. Yeah, you definitely did one before lockdown. So, 100%, this is number four. Fourth time lucky, baby. This has been the easiest one to do, 100%. Really? The same kind of hurdles have come up as they do every year, Mm. which is things releasing too late in the UK, or not at all. Yeah. The shorts just going into lockdown the second they get nominated. Don't know why the fuck. The one time you want eyes on the work yeah. you've done, and it's been up on YouTube for fucking yonks, and then the second they get the nominated, like boo, down it comes. So there's been those problems, uh, and there has occasionally been. So I've been trying to get one of the um, uh, foreign language features. Managed to get a copy, no subtitles. So that that was a a unique one for this year. So I was was like, do I really want to get through Parallel Mothers in just Spanish? Where I don't know what's going on. So. <laughs> Why don't you just put like Google Translate right in front of the TV? <laughs> and they just have that constantly shouting at you. <laughs> oh, that would have been fun. Uh, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been fun. So as we speak right now, 
We're two weeks away from the ceremony. Uh-huh. I am into the single digits. Right. By the time you've heard this, I will have seen them all because I have ways of seeing the remaining, I think it's six right. that I haven't seen as of now. But I've got two weeks to watch six films. That's kind of a nothing job. Yeah. Especially when I've already got the copies available. Uh-huh. So it's fine. Yeah. But apart from that, it's been real fucking easy. Mm. Best picture was not a struggle. Good. All ten, not an issue. All the acting categories, not an issue. The main ones, like so, main the main technicals, so editing, sound, visual effects, not an issue. Mm-hmm. Very uh, like easily easy to find movies, and a lot of that's got to do with we're still on the back foot from COVID. Yep. So a lot of the movies that are coming out now were released on streaming platforms first, in the vast majority of cases. So right. Netflix has done really well this year. Leading oh. the nominations, 12 nominations for Pair of the Dog, which was a Netflix original movie. Yeah. Um, so that's how it released in this country. We didn't have a cinema release for Pair of the Dog. Straight to uh, Netflix. Is it still a case where they need to release it, however... For one week in uh, Los Angeles County. Right. Uh, to be eligible. Right. So they've only okay. got to release it in one area of, of the US. California for right. one week. And then it's eligible. They don't have to fucking think about anywhere else. So right. for here, it's a lot of uh, streaming, uh, what's the word, premieres. Really annoyingly, yep. we miss out on the, a bit, the chance to watch Doctor Strange in Grauman's Chinese theatre by one day. I am so annoyed. That's really annoying. It comes out <laughs> on, the, on the plane. When we you are come. Friday morning flying to Hawaii, and that's when Doctor Strange comes out. Oh, and I guarantee you I'm not getting midnight showings in Chinese Craven <laughs> Theatre on the Thursday, so no. not, I hope. So I hope Hawaii's got a cinema. Like, that. we're saving that. I'm not going to go watch a film on my honeymoon unless it is torrential rain and we have nothing else to do. Mm. But I do want to see that actually cheer at the end. So, yeah. uh, right, so what we're going to do... Yep. I have picked 10 of the categories to go through. Before we jump through the categories, I've got some trivia. Go on. So this is, I've been really getting into the shit this year. Like, okay, so a couple of facts that we know about. You haven't joined like a Facebook group. No, no, this is just from me like doing it for four years. I've now started to notice things. Right, okay. Which is real fun. I'm really happy about these things. Please do. The weirdest fact of the entire Mm. thing is one of the shorts, The Long Goodbye, uh, starring Riz Ahmed, was funded by (laughs) WeTransfer. It was so weird. Uh, so that's the thing. Um, I feel like we've contributed to that. I've never paid for the weed transfer, but fuck no. me, do we use it a lot? Yep. Um, there is a movie this year in documentary feature called Writing with Fire. It is the only movie to have maintained a 100% Rotten Tomato meter after 44 reviews. Jesus. That's so, impressive. Mm, My God. Um, there is a... Here's a couple of firsts for this year. Uh-huh. Flea uh, is the first and only film to be nominated for Best Animated Feature, Best Documentary Feature, and Best International Feature simultaneously. An animated documentary? Yep. We're going to talk uh, about it later, uh, so let's right. not go into it now. Um, none of the lead actress nominations have been nominated for either directing or Best Picture, whereas uh, all but one of supporting actresses are in the running for Best Picture. Oh. Which is interesting. So, like, lead actress, none of those are in the best picture running. Oh, okay. It's really weird. Uh, Denzel Washington is now the most recognised black actor of all time, with ten nominations and two wins. Who did he overtake? Uh, bel- Will Smith? No. Sam Jackson. Uh, not Sam Jackson. Not Sam Jackson. Was it Viola Davis? I ah, think, right. I think okay. you have to Viola Davis. Right, right. Uh, and we- Troy Kotzer... 
uh, for Coda is the first deaf male actor to receive an Oscar nomination. Mm. And he would be the second deaf nominee since his Coda co-star, Marley Matlin, who won Best Actress in 1986 for Children of a Lesser God. So it's a a strange old year this year. Oh, and of course, if West Side Story wins, it will be a remake of something that won 10 Oscars in 1961, including Best Picture. Right. And it's nominated in almost all the same categories as the 1961 one was. It better fucking not win anything. It's an interesting year. It's an interesting year. And of course, the big news is they... Well, two things. One... They've cut a bunch of stuff. They've tried to save a lot of time on the TV broadcast. Uh-huh. So we do not see um, animated short film, documentary short, sub- short subject, film editing, live action short film, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, or sound. They're not broadcasting those. That is pre-show. Right, okay. So they're not showing any of that. Which is weird. <sighs> it's weird for editing and for sound and score. Right. The shorts I get. But, like, score is a big thing I think, to not do live. I think they know. This is this is a year where they can start to take notice of, like, look, TV viewership is declining in general. Yep. No one's doing particularly well. But the problem is they don't have a fucking stream of the... the that's what I thought they would be going in. If you then give people the option of, look, right, you can either watch basically the highlights. Because like, this is what they do with the WWE Hall of Fame. I can get anything back to wrestling. They... <laughs> In previous years, they've kind of cut it down there where they only usually induct like three or four people. Like at the nadir of it, they were introducing like eight to ten people. They would know who the money makers are. You had the option if you had the network to watch the full inter- uninterrupted four to five hour thing that I only used to like watching because everyone, it was usually held the night before WrestleMania, the biggest night of the year. And then you were telling all of your athletes to stay seated for five hours watching species. And you just watch people in the crowd get more and more annoyed that they can't leave and go to bed because they've got their job tomorrow. That's the only reason you want to watch that. Um, or to watch Mr. T talk about his mom for half an hour. <laughs> uh, so they would do that on the network. Mm. And then on the following like Tuesday you would then have the edited version where you'd have, like, potted ones from all the no-names and then, like, you know, Hulk Hogan or whoever was the big star would get his full speech done. Yeah. Do that. Have a streaming option that you start two to three hours beforehand, have all the fucking red carpet coverage everyone loves, do them, and then at the same time go live on fucking NBC or whatever it is with the, the ones that people really care about. You get the best of both worlds then. TV audiences aren't sitting through a lot of characters they don't give two shits about, and people like you can still watch <laughs> it all without feeling like people are getting I would pay to stream this. Yes. I would. Yeah, it's a the, premium. The fact that it's locked down to, like I think it's an, a, an NBC or an ABC broadcast, and you can't stream it, and they won't host a stream, it's not the way of the world. Fucking it's, ridiculous. It's, it's, it's you can get you can have both. You can have you can have a paid audience yeah. that gives you money because they want to watch the whole thing. Yeah, and then you still get your big TV audiences. Fuck I it. Sign it. a deal with one of the streaming services. There's enough. I don't care. You've got enough of them. Fucking hell, you give Netflix all the fucking things. Do it with Netflix. Do it. Yeah. Do Netflix do live stuff? They've got the capability. They've done. So they they, figure it out. Didn't they do a live thing with Michael Bolton the one year for Christmas? Like, Amazon definitely do because they've got Premier League games yeah, that they play yeah. and the NFL as well. So they've definitely got the technology. Anyway. The other side of the sword, very, very quickly. Oh. Um, sure, they're cutting out eight to nine of the categories, but mm. don't worry, we've got Twitter engagement. Oh. They've had, so, so they've been running two things. 
Oscar fan favourite and the Oscar cheer moment that people can vote for and they do it as part of the show. So basically, the Oscar fan favourite was it's that kind of thing. They want to introduce an Academy Award for Best Popular Film. Right. Which a lot of people this year have gone, well, that's just you giving Spider-Man a conciliation award because it won't win the thing it's nominated for. No, fair enough. Um, So there's a lot of... So that is being announced without telling people who's most nominated. Right. But Deadline Hollywood has reported that... um, Leading the vote at the moment is the Amazon Sony Cinderella. No. Seriously. Oh, has it been... Have trolls got hold of yeah. this? Trolls get hold well, I don't of know whether the, whole, the trolls have got hold of it or whether it is genuinely there's that many fans of the Amazon Cinderella. No, it's option one. <laughs> okay. It's so I trolls. guarantee you the second most nominated thing is Boat Him at Boatface. But anyway, the other ones that are supposedly in the running to win that award, because yeah. it's not an award, are Spider-Man, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Army of the Dead, Tick, Tick, Boom and West Side Story. Right, okay. And then the cheer moment, they've they've taken some things and now you can vote for these five. Right. Uh, Avengers Assemble... So, like, it's a moment from a movie. So, Avengers Assemble from Endgame. The Speed Force Flash from Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. The Spider-Man team up from No Way Home. Neo dodging bullets from the original Matrix. And Effie White performing, and I'm telling you, I'm not going from Dreamgirls. This is what happens when you give things to the fans. We don't know what we want. Don't engage them. This is a celebration of this year in film. Only one of those things happened this year. Yeah, only one of those. Technically, the Justice League came out a second time, so maybe. Maybe. But like Endgame, Dreamgirls and Matrix, not from this last year. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm not being that person, but whacking something from Dreamgirls in there does really smack up. We need something with a woman in it, doesn't it? Yeah. This leads back to a question I asked you the other day. Yep. Disney Villainous, this is complete tangent. <laughs> there is a Star Wars one coming out. Yes. And there's five people in it. How many did I name in the you end? You got two of them. Fucking hell. You haven't figured out the other three yet. You got Darth Vader. Yep. And you got Kylo Ren. Yep. Palpatine, no. Maul, no. Tyrannus, no. Uh, Boba Fett, no. Do you want to have a... Now, considering what I've just told you... Yes. Actually, you at least one of them is a woman. Right. Good luck figuring out who a villainous woman is in, in Star Wars. Asarge yeah. Ventress. Asarge Ventress. Yes. Well done. I'll, I'll let you out your misery. Grievous is one of them, which made me okay. very happy. Yeah, that's good. And Moff Gideon from Mandalorian is the other one. Now, what they do is with these villainous sets is they give you a top tier two in the base set and then mm. some others. So that's, well, fucking in my opinion, it's three because you're getting Kylo, Vader and Grievous. Grievous. And then they will piecemeal out the other characters you give a shit about in expansion packs. Mm. So we will get Palpatine and then two C-tier people, like fucking Bosk and... uh, Dengar. Dengar will come out in one. (laughs) Then you'll get Jabba and you'll have fucking, I don't know, fucking... um, I've heard Scroobius Pip, that's not his name. Scroobius Uh, Pip? Fucking... Um, Salacious Crumb yeah, yeah. and the fucking swamp thing from the Death Star <laughs> and so on I'm still going to buy it I fucking talk shit about it but uh, definitely going to go for that right now we're stay doing stay on target sorry, sorry. we've got ten these ten categories that I get to pick because I get to contribute to this episode you as well do. Michael Jeez. so I've picked ten that we're hopefully you're going to care about now we're not going to actually go for each individual pick for these we're not um, the hope is that you will give us your head pick yes which you think is going to win yes and then your heart pick that you would like to win yes now usually there, there might be some characters where they're the same thing but we will see when we get to best picture 
at the end, we will go for each of the movies that are nominated there, and you'll kind of give us a kind of power ranking on what you think their chances are yeah. of winning it all uh, tonight. So, let's kick off. We're going to front load with some big categories. We're going to go with an actor in a lead performance. Righty-ho, actor in a lead performance. Darren? Who were the nominations? Oh, the nominations are... I forgot I had a bit. Um, <laughs> the nominations are Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch, who? For The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Real quick. Yep. Uh, have you watched Toast of Tinseltown yet? Not yet. I'm He's got a to. new thing in LA where he just keeps asking all the Americans, is it always this hot? I have every intention of doing that when I'm in LA. Of just putting growing a putting a grey streak in whatever hair I have left. Yeah. Is it always this hot? Um, it's a it's a weird show. I know Toast of London was London. already fucking weird. He goes all out for this yeah. one. Anyway, um, so who's your head picking, Michael? Now, there's really only three people in the running for this, in my opinion. You're right. Uh, it's don't think about Javier Bardem or Denzel Washington because it's not going to happen. No. Um, now. Head pick right now, it kind of feels hard to not give it to Will Smith. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm, this might change by the time the article comes out because Cumberbatch is out there doing the fucking press. Right, okay. He wants Pair of the Dog to win as much as it's nominated for. Bear in mind, it's the most nominated movie of this year. I think it's 12 nominations. <coughs> right. um, so those are the only two in the running who could win it because because Benedict's out there talking about the movie it makes a lot of sense that that's who the Academy remembers because right. the, the campaigns you know, the for your consideration campaigns is what wins this right okay the one for Will Smith is basically just it's Will Smith and have you seen this performance he's not out there he's not right. campaigning for this specific win has he won one before yes but what was it for was it for Ali Oh, Ali seems good. Leave that with me. I'll look that up. Yeah, I think it was for Ali. I, I, I think a couple of weeks ago, if you'd asked me who this was, it would be, this is no contest, it's Will Smith. Right. That performance in King Richard is amazing. It's very, very good. And it's got everything you want in a big Oscars performance. It's got, you know, it's got some big shouty moments. It's got some tender whisper moments. It's got some humour. It's got some sorrow. It's got everything you want. And the story is... I mean, I love King Richard. I put it in my top 10 for 2021. So I think it's easily one of the best biopics we've seen in a good long while. But it's hard not to recognise the work that's being put in for Pair of the Dog. Right, okay. So by the time the article comes out, I might have swapped over to Benedict Cumberbatch. But as of now, Uh you can't deny the strength of Will Smith's performance. It is what pulls that movie through. It's what pulls it together. I'm saying Will Smith to win. Also won the Golden Globe for this year as well for King Richard. It's interesting according to Wikipedia because the Golden Globe doesn't really factor into much. Right. Okay. I, if he didn't win, if he didn't win SAG, he probably has had his chances cut. He did win SAG. In that case, I'm going to stick with Will Smith to win. Then. Right. Um, he hasn't won an Oscar before. Has he, he was not, nominated really? for Ali. He was nominated for The Pursuit of Happiness, and he's been nominated for this. This is his first Best Picture nomination he's ever had. Right. Um, but yes, um, he's also nominated for this in this category for uh, the BAFTAs as well. Um, oh, but, the BAFTAs are normally good at predicting Oscar but wins. that is still pending. So when's the BAFTAs this year? Uh, BAFTAs is 
today as we record this oh, wow. on the 13th. So, okay. Hey boy. Um, okay, so that's your... If he um, wins tonight, yeah. he's won the Oscar. Right, okay. So that is your uh, head pick. Yes. Who's that heart going with, Mark? Andrew Garfield. Right. I have to talk to you about this real quick. Yeah. We abandoned ship on Tick Tick Boom. You told me that you did, and I'm slightly disappointed. I, I get it. I think we weren't in the, uh, the right frame of mind, to be honest. So it is something I think we'll go back and listen to. I liked both of the songs I saw so far, mm. which is the, the opening one. Oh, the third uh, night is so good. <laughs> that one. I love and um, Bohemia. Mm. Like that too. You don't like the one that I have also seen because YouTube. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but YouTube must have known I'd seen Tick Tick Boom and was insistent that I watch therapy. Yeah, um, and I have, and I can see why you get annoyed by it. I um, hate <laughs> it. But he's still the one you want to win. Yeah, absolutely. There's no denying, and I think there are there are problems with Tick Tick Boom. It's the directorial debut of Lin Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. which already I'm on board, and it's starring Andrew Garfield, who I like and have liked outside of Spider Man. And now I'm allowed to like Inside of Spider-Man. It's been a hell of a year. He's had a hell of a year. Yeah, Spider-Man where he comes off probably the most improved Spider-Man in No No Way Home. Spoilers, I guess. This where I think... He was on Graham Norton talking about it. It's in the open. We're fine. Uh, We're not. We're we're outside of the punished Andrew arc. That's good. (laughs) Um, I think he gives his career best performance in this movie. Right. But I also really liked him in the eyes of Tammy Faye. Which oh. we're going to talk about for better right, right. Okay. Um, three very distinct, different characters. Yes. What he does so well in Jonathan Larson is that even though I don't like him, yeah. he's undeniably performing 100% of the time. Right. He is the hyperactive, so involved, musical right. identity. And that comes through in the heightened sense of every emotion that he gives. Yeah. And also, dude's got pipes. Like, it is, it's a big musical performance. And to say it's not the only musical being recognised this year, yeah. I think it's easily the best musical performance. Did you hear how he got this role? I did not. So he was on Norton the other day, and um, basically he's really good friends with, like, a masseuse to the stars. Yeah. And this guy was giving the manuel Miranda a, a, a massage, and he was saying, I can't find anyone to be the lead in this film. And your boy was like... <laughs> Have you thought about Andrew Garfield? He's really good. And Lin Manuel was like, "Can he sing?" Totally. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> you then have to phone Andrew Garfield and go, "Can you sing?" Because Lin Manuel Miranda might be trying to hire you soon if you can. And apparently he can. He's just chosen not to. Yeah. So fair enough. Um, but no, I, 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 I see what you mean, like not liking him, but that being the intention. Yes. Like. Again, having watched wrestling my entire life, I can pick up when someone's doing a heel performance. So, mm. good. Um, it, it's a shame that it probably won't pick up for anything else. Do you think it, it's, it's, a, it's a bronze medal at the moment? Yeah, I, right. don't, I don't think there's going to be a chance that Tick Tick Boom comes away with anything. Okay. Which is a real shame, because I haven't really had a chance to properly, properly review it. Mm. And it's if you love musical theatre, it's fucking great. Right. The diner scene where it introduces all these different people. Mm-hmm. So like you've got cameos of people from Hamilton, and cameos of people from Hades Town, and cameos right. of people from all these different fucking Broadway mm-hmm. shows. And it's so well done. And Andrew Garfield is like the best I've ever seen him. Right. I loved him in Hacksaw Ridge. I thought that was my favourite. Yeah. It's this now. Right. Okay. Even though I don't love the movie. Right. I love him in this. And if he wins, I will be fucking so happy that a Spider-Man got an Oscar. 
I don't think on the strength of Uncharted it's going to be Tom Holland anytime no. soon. That is, uh, I've yet to see it, but we will review it. It's it's fine. Um, <laughs> it exists. It's 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 there. Um, right, we're now moving on to actor in a supporting role. Yes. Uh, the nominations are Kieran Hines for Belfast, Troy Kotzel for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog, and J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. Yep. Head pick. Right now, it's Cody Smith McPhee. Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler. Okay. The once and maybe never again Nightcrawler. Oh, he, <laughs> oh, was... he was Nightcrawler twice, wasn't he? Yeah, you always forget Dark about Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, don't yeah. you? Even though I don't actually dislike that movie. Uh, yeah, he was He was good as well. I liked him as Nightcrawler. But, um, I, God, Perry the Dog really is doing well. Yeah. Two nominations in the same category. Right. Which normally is a death sentence. Because it splits the vote. Right, you're going to cannibalise each other like... Um, Juice and the Black Messiah did kind of, but there was still a win for Daniel Kaluuya at the end of the day. It oh, ju- was it right? Okay. Yeah, so like that that trend is starting to be booked, if you will. Right, okay. Because it it didn't happen last year. Everybody thought, well, the second you put two from that film in, yeah. you've now halved the chances of Daniel Kaluuya winning, but he won. Right. This is exactly what's going on here. The surprise nomination in this group was Jesse Plemons. And it's not that it's a bad performance. I don't think anybody in Paradox gives a bad performance. No. They're all very good. Yes. The Cody Smith McPhee nomination. It, also, another little tidbit: he's the youngest nomination uh, nomination this year. So ah. if he wins, the youngest person will win. Uh, it's a very different performance. It's a very uh, reserved kind of mercurial, almost very you know back of the cortex performance, if you will. Right. It's. It's a kid who's very clearly thinking about a path for himself without spoiling too much. Yeah. And him kind of enacting that whilst not being the focus of the story, he ultimately gets to decide how the story ends. Right. And I get it. I understand why his nomination is here and Mm -hmm. I can see why he would win. But this is a very different direction for an acting nomination. Right. This would be changing up the almost cut. I mean, you look at the rest of the nominations here. Kieran Hines playing the lovable granddad, for example. Yeah. It's a very typical nomination. Same with J.K. Simmons as being the Ricardos as that kind of like old hat. Yeah, yeah. Kind of almost jovial old man. Uh-huh. Uh, and these two, the pair of the dog performances, are so against the grain. Cody Smith, especially. Mm. And maybe that's why he stands out. Right. This, this is not a typical nomination. One, for his age. Yeah. We don't normally have actors this young winning. How old is he? Because I don't think he was, like, that young. He's not that young. But at the same time, mm. you look at the average age of the people he's up against. God, he's an odd-looking dude, isn't he? I didn't he know really he's Australian. Uh, he's 25. Even at 25, there's still a huge gulf between him and I think... Well, yeah, everyone else is fucking ancient. I so. think, I think it's, it's, a, it's a big jump up then to Jesse Plemons and then it's like Simmons, Cox, or Hines. Up, yeah, yeah, up right, here, okay. Old dudes. Um, so that's who I think is going to win. Who do you want to win? I want Troy Kotzer to pick this one. Okay. Um, I watched Coda last week. Mm-hmm. I've been saving it because I thought, this looks like a film that me and my wife would enjoy. Right. And it was very much the case. Um, I've not heard of it. I would highly recommend it. This is the Apple TV one you told us to yes, watch, right? Absolutely. Okay. So this with is, you, with you, with you. Uh, so Troy Kotzer in this plays the father of... Um, of the, of the lead character 
Uh, who they are all deaf apart from our lead character, who is the daughter of this family, mm-hmm. and obviously Troy Cotter is deaf in real life, so he's playing a very true to life role. What I love about the Troy Cotter performance is that it is equal parts hysterical and really heartfelt. Ooh, okay. Like he's genuinely laugh out loud funny, mm-hmm. scene to scene. I enjoy how fucking into his marriage he is. Like, his wife, who's also deaf, was a model and right. won, like, Miss Arkansas or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And he's like, she's fucking hot. Why wouldn't you want to slam that? There's a brilliant scene where, like, she's trying to do, like, some work with a classmate. Yeah. And they fucking go at it. And because they're deaf, they have no idea that no one oh, else can hear wow. them. It's fucking hysterical. So it's like Gomez and Morticia levels of just <laughs> fucking into each other and everything they it's are about. exactly that. Lovely. And they have to like flick the lights which are enough to be like we can hear you. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I also like, there's this level of not understanding anything that's not himself. Right. And his kind of reluctance to then integrate into the hearing community. Right. That softens as the story about his daughter who wants to... Who's discovered that she's really good at singing. Right. Which obviously is not a talent that anybody no. in that family can... There's a, there's a really, really good... We'll talk more about... It. I'm going to save this for later on. Okay. Uh, but I love... The bit that I was like, that's, that's the performance I want to see win. Yeah. Is... He tries to understand the, how his daughter could sing. Yeah. And they're sitting outside and he's like, sing, please. Yeah. Because I, I, obviously I'm not going to be able to yeah, appreciate yeah. it. But then he, he just like puts his hand up against her throat and mm. he starts fucking weeping. Because earlier in the movie, he set up, like, I like rap music because of all the vibrations. <laughs> so this old bearded dude rocks up in a beat-ass fucking truck, yeah. blasting like fucking Kid Cudi or some shit like that. Right. He's like, I can really feel this music, but like he feels his daughter's voice. And he's right. like, oh, it's a beautiful thing. I really, really want this to win. This might be my favourite performance out of all of them. Hmm, do I like it more than Andrew Garfield and, and uh, Will Smith? Fuck it, I do. I think Lovely. it's great. Good, right. Actress in a leading role. Yes. The nominations are Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Colman because she just did some acting because of course she gets a fucking nomination for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart for Spencer? Yep. <laughs> Kristen Stewart got an acting nomination? At the Oscars. At the Oscars? Yep. Not a make-believe award. Not nope. a kid award. Not the Nickelodeon fucking Kids' Choice Awards. At the actual Oscars. Okay. Fine. Um, <laughs> head choice? I'll be real with you. This is the biggest open contest. Oh, well, go. The way I please, see it. Please tell me Kristen Stewart's not in the room. <laughs> The way I see it oh, no. <laughs> is there's two ways this ends. Right. It is either Legit. either a Christian Stewart upset right. as like a big, we finally let her win something thing. Why? <laughs> Even though this is her first nomination and typically you don't win on your first nomination. Um, but I'm, I'm a rational person and this is why the head pick is Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Right, okay. It's already a true life story. Uh-huh. It's about Lucille Ball. Oh, it's a yeah. period movie set in fucking Hollywood. Oh, that is even I know that's a box ticker. Come on, and then then. Some, okay. yeah, exactly. And being the Ricardos, it ain't gonna win anything else. It's nominated for right. Okay. Don't you know? Javier Bardem is not part of this conversation. No, fair enough. But Nicole Kidman very much is. It's a good performance. I will give her that. I appreciate that it focused more. The movie is set it's set around 
I think I told you about this at the end of year review a couple of months ago. So it's set around the time that there was a scare that um, I Love Lucy might be completely cancelled yeah. because she was once signed up to the Communist Party. Yeah, she did tell me about this. And this yeah, is yeah. like the trenches of the Cold War. No, no, it's not. It's the 60s. It's the it's the Red Scare. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so it's the similar sort of time as the Cuban Missile Crisis. So mm. it's all kind of like up in the fucking air are we going to get cancelled are we going to get arrested this that the other and it's I liked it but it's nothing special right it's very good at points and it has again it does that thing of everything you want from a leading um, actor or actress nomination which is, it has its quiet bits it has its shouty bits it yeah. has its heartfelt bits right. it's got it's the variety is there in the story mm-hmm. but it's not standout to me and whilst this is very much Whilst the movie's called Being the Ricardos, yeah. it's a movie about Lucille Ball right. and about her control of her program in her studio. Right, okay. And how this was different mm-hmm. at the time as to how this is done. Whilst Desi had the money, yeah. Lucille had the creative right. control. Right, okay, cool. And about how she enacts that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the current Oscar climate where we are trying to change the narrative and nominate more women because historically we've not been very good at that. No. It fits that model. Right, okay. So, if I had to say now, it could go either way. I fucking hated The Lost Daughter, but it's Olivia Coleman, and they fucking love Olivia yeah. Coleman. I understand the Penelope Cruz hype in Parallel Mothers, but it is one of its two nominations. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's winning either. No. And then Kristen Stewart, she's playing fucking Diana. So She looks like her. That, that shouldn't really play much of a, a thing, but she does look like her at least. And, and she does, she gets the accent down pretty mm. well. Okay. So it's it's not like it's a bad performance. But it's it's who it is. Yeah. That's, what she represents. It's the crest of, um, like, she's been winning a lot of uh, French cinema awards. Because she just went and acted in a bunch of fucking French movies for like three years. Won a bunch of awards oh. over there. And everyone was like, she's good now, all the Twilight fans. She's good now. She's you know, making real movies now. That is the exact word for word, the same argument about the Batman as well. Yeah, it's no. 100% that. <laughs> They're good now. And then the third, Jacob, whatever his fucking name was. He's, yeah. Yeah, no, he was shit. Turns out, <laughs> turns out two of the three were good and the other one not was so much. Shit. But then, yeah. you know, that's something. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the two narratives I see happening. But if I had to pick one right now, it makes more sense for Nicole Kidman. Okay. Who you want to win? Jessica Chastain. Yeah? 100%. Okay. I love The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I think it was a brilliant movie, and I appreciate what they did with her of making you this... Re- kind of putting her in a situation where she should be reviled. And right. finding the sympathy and the ways in which she was a good person, despite the fact her and her husband used faith to twist it into what we now see, you know, the mega church yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of almost cult-like yeah. your donations call now that kind of shit yeah. and how how it's how the greed and it happens so quickly there's like a snap in this movie where it's like they've gone from abject poverty living in motels doing tour to tour with stupid little puppets then all of a sudden giant mansion right and it's like it's she doesn't realize that they might have played the system a little bit here right and might have led people astray uh-huh. and how they kind of build back from that there's a point where she becomes particularly disgraced in the community. Right. But her views haven't changed. And she's still 
you know, a noted LGBT plus ally. And they don't shy away from that in the movie. They right. have a very big scene of her having somebody, like in the middle of the AIDS crisis, have somebody with AIDS on the show telling people that these people are not evil. Right. Whilst the kingpin, literally the kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio's in this movie, oh, right. is flipping a fucking lid off set. Okay. And he's like, we need to get a fucking handle on this. We're, you know, promoting homosexuality. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it does, it finds a way to twist somebody who should be considered as kind of like malicious, if not at least compliant. Right, okay. In twisting faith into somebody who almost seems misled by their own success. Right. So there's a lot more layers to that performance, even though it's very, like, almost one note with just, everything's really a beat, Jim. And it's right, just, but, okay. it, but there's so much more behind it. Lovely. And I just, and I like the permanent makeup, how they've done that. Tammy Faye Baker genuinely had permanently applied eyeshadow. Oh, tattooed. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Mental case. Have you seen the woman from Grimsby? Who has the, the UK's biggest eyebrows? There's, there's no no one in their right fucking just like commit her now. No one could possibly think that looks good, right? Commit like, like, now. No, no, but that's like seriously something you need medical attention. Yes. Anyway, um, actress in a supporting role. Yes. The nominations are Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter. I've just had a look at that. That looks familiar. That's Captain Bad Decision from Richard Noble. <laughs> Did you see Raspy Boys do from Chernobyl turned up in the Batman as like a police officer in the for like yeah, two seconds with his yeah. still shit hair? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here, Batman? <laughs> uh, sorry, um, Ariana DeBose for um, West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, um, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Dog, and Angelou Ellis her for uh, King Richard. Hmm. Finally, I can talk about something. However, I don't know who Ariana DeBose played in West Side Story. Anita. Which one was Anita? The uh, fiance to uh... America. Yes. Right. Okay. Cool. Yes. Um, she, yep. I can't remember what I thought about her. <laughs> I, can, I can only think of knife fight. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that soon. I'm so excited for the knife fight. Um, wouldn't it be lovely if no Spider-Man picks up an award but an MJ does <laughs> that would be nice I'd be all for that um, who do you think's going to win though Michael you've already said it and it is the biggest nail on of the night you reckon it is Ariana DeBose for West Side Story not Captain Bad Decision oh. sadly not oh my god I forgot that was Jesse Buckley in Chernobyl yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Captain Bad Decision yeah let me just hug this irradiated person <laughs> fuck me <laughs> Genuinely, the worst. And then you find out that woman in real life is still alive. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out he was God just... has not punished no. you hard enough yet. You hubris, snow. Right, Ariana DeBose, I understand it. And of course, Ariana DeBose will be making history if she won, which she will, um, as the first LGBTQ plus uh, actress mm. to win a supporting actress nomination. Okay. So that would be cool. Right. I thought she was very good in that role. But this is the thing. I fucking hate West Side Story right. as a show. Not just oh. this specific version. I fucking hate West Side Story. Right, okay. So I'm already kind of like, fine, I guess, about this decision. Even though I recognise as Anita, she's done quite the good job. I seem to remember she was doing the best job of anybody in that movie. Yes. Like actually doing an acting performance and yes, not just a exactly. musical performance. Yes. So fair, okay. That's, and it is as elevated as it requires to be. 
Right, because yes, it's exactly. Very that, yeah. energetic. Yeah, she 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 toes the line between like giving an act a, a, a performance you'd expect in a Steven Spielberg movie, but then also nailing all the singing she needs to do. Sure. Whereas everyone else seems to be becoming more from the they were picked due to their singing prowess. So mm. Maria in particular, did yeah. you see? Again, she was on Norton. She was a YouTuber. I know. She asked. They delayed the start of West Side Story slightly because even though she got. Um, cast she wanted to finish her high uh, her college performance as princess fiona in the shrek musical <laughs> she was adamant like no 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 i will start on this date because i don't want my understudy to be princess fiona <laughs> also did you see the wonderful picture that someone was like well you know if they're modernizing the batman the the waynes would have been killed in roughly 2001 so let's just pretend they got shot outside shrek <laughs> <laughs> All for that. Uh, Sorry. Um, so, who do you want to win, though? Um, mm, no. Oh, he's torn. A little bit about this this category for me is Jesse Buckley is the surprise nomination, but equally so is Judy Dench. Everybody expected a nomination from Belfast here, right? But everyone was thinking it was going to be um, Katrina Balfe. Right. I've said that wrong in previous podcasts, so I'm making it right here now. Cool. It's not Catriona. It's Katrina Balfe. Right. Um. And that, if she would have been nominated, would have been my heart pick. Because she's very, very good right. in Belfast. Unfortunately, I'm left with the people I had no strong opinions uh-huh. on. I super didn't like Jesse Buckley. Judy Dench was not the best performance in Belfast. Which leaves me with Kirsten Dunst and Anjanou Ellis. And out of the two, which one did I prefer? I preferred the movie King Richard, therefore I'm going for Anjanou Ellis. Right. That's my heart pick. But it's not a strong one. It's not a strong one. Okay. I'm not saying she wasn't good, because she was. She has an excellent scene with Will Smith um, after they've moved to Florida in the movie. And it's like that you think that you are the kingmaker. You ain't shit. Basically, that's the, the strokes of the performance. Lovely. And that scene was great. But it's Smith's movie. Right, okay. And that's where it's kind of like she isn't given enough right, to do. Right, okay. But I do really like King Richard. And I'll give I'll give Kirsten Dunst a due. What she was given in Pair of the Dog, yep. she does very well. Right. It wasn't to my tastes. And I think it could have been... She was probably a bit too demure in that for it to constitute a best right, performance. Okay. So yeah, Angelou Ellis. Lovely, right. We have spent 40 minutes and we've only done the actors come. So I've cut to, um, if you want to read Mike's full opinion on everything, there is a written accompaniment to this where you are going to write about everything. Oh, right? yeah. Okay. So, so what are we cutting? <laughs> I'm going to cut, um, well, I, mean, I cut editing an international film. Okay. Is there anything you strongly want to talk about in either of those Let categories? Let me double check editing. International movies, the biggest straightforward. It's Drive My Car. There you go. What? I've not heard of that. It's a Japanese movie. Right. It's okay. three hours long. It's, oh, it's, it's going oh. to win. And editing, I have nothing strong to say about that. Although this is interesting to note that June is nominated here. Dune! I would like June to win something. That would be nice. Um, yeah, I feel technical. As is Tick Tick Boom, actually. Ah, Okay. Uh, right, so we're going to move on to documentary feature. Uh, the nominations are Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, brackets, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, close brackets, or Writing with Fire. Yes. So I think because it's maintained 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'd have to think that Writing with Fire is the head choice. 
No! What? <laughs> the head choice for me is Summer of Soul in brackets or When the Re- Revolution Could Not Be Televised. What's that about? Uh, it is about the Harlem Soul Festival. Okay. Um, and it is pretty much kind of just a uh, archival footage of what was to be a televised showing of this festival. Because mm-hmm. it's shot. You know, with a multi-camera setup, a bunch of you know popular names and performers that you might expect to show up here show up here, including Stevie Wonder, which is kind of like he's very fucking young in this performance. Oh right, okay, so it's not like right a at the start theme. of his right, career, okay. a nineteen-year-old Stevie Wonder, right. with like a big set of hair and a big yes. hat doing his fucking jam. It's great. Okay, the problem I have with it is that it doesn't want to be anything more than. We found this footage. It wasn't televised. Let's show it to you now. And here are some people going, oh, that was great. Oh, that was a great day. That right. was fantastic. This, if anything, feels like the tokenistic pick here. Mm-hmm. It would be this, because it's not a bad film. I think it is a bad documentary, though. Right, okay. They could have just released the footage. Right. And that would have been fine, because that's all this is. They've just padded it out with... Talking heads. With talking heads. Right. It feels a bit Channel 5 at some times. Oh! Like, oh, that was a great day, and I love this song. If we Grant, have... you really added content to this. Well done. If we have any American listeners, you don't know how much of a burn Channel 5 thing is, but trust me, there's no worse curse in the UK <laughs> than being a Channel 5 level thing. Um... Lovely. Okay, well, what do you want to win? Um, it's it's the only thing that could upset it, even though Writing Fo- With Fire has that. What's that about? Oh, so that's about... Um, please, that... a man has invented a fire pen. Come on. Sadly not. Oh. I, got, I don't remember what country it's in, but it's about a, an independent news outlet run entirely by women. Okay. It's quite good. I'd recommend watching it. Right. It ain't 100 fucking percent, but like, I'd recommend watching it. Um, if anything's going to upset... Uh, I think it should be this, and it should be Flea. Okay. This is such a unique movie. Right. Like I say, we said at the top of the the show, this is like the only thing to be nominated for Best Animated Feature, Best Documentary Feature, and Christ, what was the other thing? Uh, International. International. Right. That Um, was it. it, So it's either about the basis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, (laughs) but I feel like it's more going to be about refugees. Yes. Right. Okay. Go. So this is about Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) Yes. Finally, the basis story we all wanted. Woo. So it is a, I want to say it is a Danish movie about Mm -hmm. somebody who fled. Yep. Afghanistan or Syria? They look, just by looking at the last names, you've got Rasmussen, Hellstrom, Sorensen. That sounds da- da- Danish as fuck, so I would imagine so, yes. Yeah. So this is pretty unique, as uh-huh. you might be able to tell. Mm. It is Essentially, it is a recounting that has been animated of this man's journey as a kid from the Middle East up through Russia and into Europe to escape um, any sense of basic like political retribution, right? Which is harrowing, even as represented as a cartoon. There are some harrowing fucking stories of like when they lock themselves into um, like a, the like the hull of a small boat, right? And then that boat springs a fucking leak, Ugh. and they have to get saved by the authorities they were trying to avoid. <laughs> it's yikes. Um, the, the way that they've gone about it with the animation thing is to protect the identity of the person telling the story so that mm-hmm. they are not basically found out to be um, an illegal immigrant. Right, okay. Um, or at least somebody who lied to the border force. Right. Um, 
but you know it's it really grips you into into the story and kind mm-hmm. of gives you all the rationale and more as to why the decisions were made in this particular way right and there's so much that goes wrong you fail to remember the times that this is actually a 100% true story a true account the audio is used to kind of heighten that sense because it is it's one long interview essentially right it is the guy the the filmmaker talking to the man who escaped his hometown mm-hmm. and it is kind of like an uninterrupted conversation between them that has then been animated right okay so it's really well put together it's fantastically anim- I love the animation style quite a lot it's certainly unique in the animation category but in documentary it's unique in that this is a one for one account and it doesn't do what some of the soul does which is just flitting between all these different people it's a similar criticism I have against Attica right. which is just it's just so many different people giving account of the same thing whereas right. this man telling you his fucking life story as to how he ended up here and especially because it's got that extra zing of you've escaped the Middle East as also a gay man oh right so, like, okay the the the, the the, the framing at the start is I'm about to marry this person. Mm-hmm. I'm about to buy a house in, in Denmark. Yeah. And I don't want to tell him where I've come from and what I've been through. Right. Because I'm not sure he would understand. Right. So okay. he tells his filmmaker friends, like, you could account this to show yes. what I've and other people have been through. Um, and I can still remain anonymous if we don't film it. Right. Hence the animation. Ah. God, that's an elaborate way to, have to tell a story, right? But it's it works so well. It's... My confession was animated. <laughs> Here's the weird thing, though. This is like that's. Can you imagine this playing in cinemas around here? I don't know. Two weeks in showcase. You're joking. I've got to see this in Dudley Showcase. We don't even get vegan food in here, Aldi, because we're fucking in <laughs> Dudley. How the fuck is that? Happen? Admittedly, I had to watch the dubbed version. Right, okay. Um, which stars um, Riz Ahmed as the, the person who flees. Right. And uh, Nicola Costa-Waldo as the interviewer. Right, okay. So you get kind of a bit of an all-star voice cast, which is pretty good. But the Danish version equally hits all the right, right notes. Lovely, right. We are now on to original song. Wow, we're actually we're actually doing original song. Have we ever done this? Well, I feel we like ever it's, a, it's a nice change of pace. Um, the nominations are Be Alive, uh, which is from King Richard and he sang by Beyonce. Um, Dos Oruguaitas. Oruguaitas. Nah, uh, which is from uh, Encanto, uh, with music and lyrics from Lin-Manuel Miranda. I don't remember that song and I've seen Encanto. Mm. Also, it's not We Don't Talk About Bruno, which is the internet's favourite song this year. How yeah. does that not happen? Um, Down to Joy from Belfast by Van Morrison? Yep. Brown Eyed Girl Van Morrison? Yep. <laughs> All right. He's, a, he's alive? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, no Time to Die from No Time to Die by Billy Eilish. Billy Eilish is Oscar nominated. Fucking hell. <coughs> and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days, Music and Lyrics by Diane Warren. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to win, Michael? No, what do you think will win, What do I think will win? It could go either way. There's two songs here that really stand out. Uh-huh. You've already said one of them, because Encanto's the biggest thing in the world right now. Is that going to affect this nomination? The power of streaming on that one. Mm. Not one gave a shit about Encanto when it came out in nope. series. It was, it was dead on arrival, basically. It got on Disney+, Plus, so now it's, it's, it's like the everywhere. new Frozen. And you know what? I kind of get it. 
at least I get the music. I... But there's five songs better than Do- um, Dos Anjos. I don't know which one that is. Um, it's the one that plays. So it's the one that's all in. Um, is it Portuguese? It's the one that um, play, they, they show the story of them fleeing their country and finding the Madrigal House. Right. Like, it's the last but one song. It was a song? Song. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to split South America down the middle. Where's this set? It's Colombia, isn't it? Yeah. So that's Spanish. Because everything to the right is Portugal. But that's, sorry, it's Portuguese. But basically just Brazil and Argentina. Mm. Oh, but Colombia's right in the middle. I don't know. It's in a language. Um... Yeah, I, it's of an Iberian uh, descent. There we I go. have literally no idea what that song sounds like. <laughs> we'll listen to it afterwards, but okay. it's like it's the least like memorable song from the entire movie. Right? They could have had surface pressure. They could have had we oh, don't talk like about Bruno. Right? Then it's a fucking walk home for uh, for Encanto. But you right. still think it's going to win just because it's Encanto? Mm, this is the thing. It's, it, I'm, the only two I give a shit about are Encanto and No Time to Die. Right. Like the de- the Belfast one is fine enough, it appears at the end of the movie. Genuinely didn't know that Morrison was alive. <laughs> and the King Richard one, once again, it's the credits song. I'm sorry, if it's a credit song, you don't get to be nominated no, no, here. No, Nobody gives a no. shit about the song over the credits. No. Similar thing with Four Good Days, which I haven't seen at the time of recording. Oh, okay. Because I basically saved all the movies that aren't going to fucking win. So if I missed them, nobody knew. Right. <laughs> but I'm going to get through them all because I still so want to You want to see the song in context, not yes. just listen to the song. But I've since got spoiled that it's basically the credit song so ah, right, I see. thanks right. uh, to Oscar Death Race community oh yeah sorry I must say yeah the Oscar Death Race community are fucking fantastic as per usual right. uh, so thanks to the users that set up the Osc- Oscars Death Race tracking website that's really great mm-hmm. and once again thank you to the user Dr. Patrick Starr uh, who I know uh, who's always found like good quality rips as soon as something right. gets uh, like premiered online so there's a couple of things that have been pulled from the internet and he archived them and that's how I was able to finish Lovely. the race this year. So thank you once again to the Oscar Death Race community. But this is tricky. Right now, it makes sense that No Time to Die wins. Right. And out of the two, that is my preferred choice. Right, okay. But I can see, I can just because of the We Don't Talk About Bruno hype, I can see Encanto winning. And again, this might change by the time my article comes out. Right. But right now... The Academy will have only seen Encanto to vote on the animated on the animated uh, animated movie yes. category. They will have looked at No Time to Die for sound. Uh-huh. And I think that's in my, is it up for visual effects? Let me just double check. It's not up for editing, obviously not up for makeup and hairstyling, where visual effects no so it's it's gonna have the backing of two other branches. Right. For sound and visual effects. Gotcha. So I would guess No Time to Die to win, which is also my preferred win. Right. But my mind might change in two weeks. I'm sensing mine about No Time to Die, because I'm like, you got Billy Eilish in, and you basically just made her do an Adele impression. Yeah. Why would you get that artist in to then not do that type of song? I mean, a, a true Billy Eilish song doesn't suit a Bond movie, mm. but you've already made your bed for yourselves, you know what I mean? Like you got Sam Smith in because you wanted a Sam Smith song. For some fucking reason. <laughs> like, you know, don't just keep... Every woman you get is like, well, you've, you've got to do Adele and fucking Diana Ross. Everybody has to do a big ballad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you get her in, let her do her thing. Like, you wouldn't get fucking ACDC and then tell them to do a fucking Adele song, wouldn't you? Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Oh, an ACDC Bond song would be a fucking <laughs> hell of a thing. 
Okay, we can actually move on to animated feature film next. Yes. Uh, where nominations are Encanto, Flea, Luca. Yeah. Oh, you got to give Pixar a fucking blowy every year, I guess. Uh, the Mitchells vs. the Machines and Raya and the Last Dragon. Surely to God, M- M- Mitchells vs. Machines is taking this home, right? It's not that oh, easy. No. Easy. I'll say it right now, that's my heart pick. It's got to be right. I fucking love Mitchells vs. Machines. Was it my number three, number four it was, movie it, last it year? Was, it was pretty high on mine as well. We fucking love that I film. I love that movie. And, it's, and look at the other nominees. The only other thing that's as unique as this is Flea. Right. Because of just, we've never had anything like Flea yeah. in this in this category. It's going up against a hype beast in Encanto, which I just thought was fine. A very, very middle of the road, almost the most bang average fucking Pixar movie they've ever made. And like a, a lesser Moana. Like, yep. that's your competition. Yep. Uh, fucking, I would think it's a war come, but what do you think's going to win? There's three Disney movies there, Darren. One of those is going to win. No! And no, what's... Come look, on, look at it Luca time. can't possibly win. It's, it's not, so no, boring. Not, not Luca, Encanto. Encanto will win this. Uh, for three reasons. Uh-huh. For one, you've got that song nomination. Yeah. And that worked for Coco. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. For two, it's the latest one to come out. What do kids have? Very short attention spans. What do the Academy do? Turn to their children. What's your favourite movie at the moment? It's Encanto. You've got me there, because Mitchell's version Machines is not necessarily going to be a kid's favourite one. Because yeah. it's more skewed towards what... It, they're, going for, they're casting a wider net, whereas, yeah... Luca and Encanto are just going for that. And also, Mission vs. Machines came out just after the 2021 Oscars. So it did. So, All like, right. right at the top of that fucking window of availability. <sighs> yeah. And then, the, obviously, the third thing is it's exploded in popularity. Mm. If there was a populist pick, it's this. Because people fucking love Encanto. And that shows, you know, on some categories, we do listen to the popular yeah. vote. We don't talk about Bruno as well. Like obviously, uh, this is that's where it's going. I can see that. Joke. So, who's hosting this year? That's a very good question. I have no idea. Let's take. Because didn't they do like a scattershot one last year where they didn't have like a host? They just had lots of different people presenting awards that kind of stood in for a one host. Yeah, because they were right. burned by Ricky Gervais before, and they're not going to take that chance. Who's like the most vanilla person you could get? Like a fucking oh no, G- Jimmy Fallon or some. Oh no, oh, who is he? Um, there are three hosts this year. Go on. You've got Wanda Sykes. Okay, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Whatever, Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall, um, who you might have seen in such uh, fantastically acclaimed uh, movies as uh, Girls Trip and Vacation. All right, uh, and Amy fucking Schumer. Oh no! Yeah. Oh god. Okay. I I know very little about Amy Schumer because I have, for the most part, tried to avoid her films. I know she used to bang Dolph Ziggler, the wrestler, but that's about it. Um. Oh god. All right. Fine. I think they should have kept the scattershot approach. Yeah, because then you get variety. Yeah. It breaks up a show if you've got multiple voices fucking yeah, coming through. And exactly. then you can pick people who haven't got the time to do a full hosting gig. Mm. But, oh, maybe it would have been better if they just got Jimmy Fallon in. Fucking hell. It's somehow not the weirdest uh, hosting pick of this year. Um, Eurovision is- will be hosted by Mika. <laughs> Mika's relevant? <laughs> Mika's alive? Mika, Mika's alive? <laughs> and Italian? 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that song. Really, really, because one song. Yep. He's still somehow on my Spotify. Oh, the, the song he did for Kickass was quite good as well. Mika had a song in Kickass? Yeah. I don't remember that. Um, Ah, oh, fuck, what's it called? I just Shit. remember the banana splits in Kickass, but that's Yeah, it's it. like the ones that, we are young, we are strong. Not looking for it. It was in the trailers. Um, oh, I remember none of that. It's quite a good song. Uh, so he's got wow. two. Anyway, okay. less Eurovision. I purge my Spotify every six months, and Mika has always made the cut. So <laughs> explain that one to me. Yeah, it's grating a little bit, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, who's done the Baftas? Oh God, now you're asking. Sorry, right, we're asking too many questions. Yeah. Too many questions. Um, how is how is they not got James Corden? I would have thought, you know. Have we finally peaked on him? I fucking hope we're on the downward trend with James Corden. <laughs> Fuck it wasn't me. I avoided the James Corden film from last year. What was the James Corden Cinderella, film? Cinderella, wasn't it? Oh, of course it was, yeah. It's not that he's bad, it's there's too much of him. Mm. Like, I just want him to do the Gavin and Stacey season. I need him to do to wrap that up and then he can go away. Like, <laughs> I still have some vested interest in what he's doing, but this slows that down. Right, okay. Uh, that was animated feature. We are now on to Cinematog. Boom. Uh, the nominations are Dune slash Dune, um, which is Grieg Fraser, Nightmare Alley, which is Dan Luston, The Pair of the Dog, Ari Wegner, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Bruno Del Bonel. That's a hell of a name. Mm. And West Side Story, Janice Kaminsky. Mm. Um, who do you think will win? Oh, you got to think, if you're going to give anything to Dune, yeah. it's got to be this. But I know Nightmare Alley is the Del Toro joint. And mm. they... and it is a pretty movie. But I feel like that's more in the production design than it is in the cinematography. Right, okay. For which both Dune and Nightmare Alley, and actually Pair of the... It's the exact same nominations between production design and cinematography. Oh, okay. Okay, here's a fun compare and contrast. Here we go. I, I think in terms of, if we're going pure cinematography... I would say the ones to look out for are Power of the Dog and Dune. Power of the Dog's just a bloody western, isn't it? It's very well shot. Okay, right. It is very well shot. Whereas, like, the production design is the other side of the coin. This right. is where I think Nightmare Alley could really come through. If the tragedy of Macbeth mm. wins <laughs> for production design, I will kill myself. <laughs> That is a big shape there, ladies I, and gentlemen. I've got to tell you right big now, shape. we didn't have this conversation because Denzel wasn't actually relevant in the acting. Yeah, Even yeah. though he's like he's setting history, he's right. not actually going to win. I fucking hate the tragedy of Macbeth. So, is it just is it just a straight Macbeth? No. Oh, is it not? So, what they've done, and this is why I don't think she'll win production design, mm. they filmed it all on a soundstage, which is right. not uncommon for movies to prioritise the use of sound stages, especially during COVID. Right, yeah, yeah. What they have done is they have filmed it in black and white mm-hmm. and everything, I mean fucking everything is a rectangle. All of the shit, it, it looks like, you know Toy Town from Noddy? Imagine that <laughs> interpreted by like Tim Burton. It's fucking dross. It's so bad. And it's Shakespeare so... by way of Tetris. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. It's so fucking boring. It sent my wife to sleep. It sent me to sleep. I had to rewind 15 minutes and I still want them back. 
But it's not. It's not just they're going through. They're doing a production of Macbeth. It's just Macbeth, but with two American actors in the lead roles of Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand, and everybody else is obscure British actors. Right. And no one's pleased to be there. Like nobody really like the the. It's so like. Precisely like the colour palette and the production design, everything is muted. Uh, and I'm sorry, this is exactly why Francis McDormand didn't get nominated. Because yeah. that performance, Lady Macbeth, is a big fucking... You get to go mental at yeah, the end. Yeah. And you, Same with Macbeth. You get to go like fucking the murderous mad king. <laughs> yeah, fully. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, get some king now. Ah, oh, yeah, it's, oh, it's fucking shit. There's nothing good about. The I guess I'm king of Scotland. That's a bad Denzel Washington impression, but an yeah. American accent saying that must be a hell of a thing. Wait, yeah. do they attempt Scottish accents? Or? Not in the slightest. Right. <laughs> I said to you several times, I can't think of a film I'd less rather watch than Belfast. That one, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this is my Belfast. Yes, yeah, because if you, you give me a black and white Shakespeare in a Cubist nightmare. <laughs> I think of anything less wrong. Put it on the posters. It's fucking shit. Okay, so we actually got it. So, so if it was, oh, you're oh, right. I bang my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hubris. I was in the middle of my fucking spiel. Uh, I mean, this whole episode's my spiel. <laughs> Cinematography, as it stands right now, it makes sense for June to win it. Mm-hmm. I want June to win it, but mm-hmm. I still think there's a possibility that something like West Side Story could sweep in. Yeah. So I'm undecided. In fact, I've got to make a decision, haven't I? Yes. Head pick. Head pick. I think when all said and done, you might see the Nightmare Alley win. Okay. And I say that even though it's got less nominations than West Side Story, uh-huh. I think it's got a bigger chance. But then I prefer it for production design. I'm sticking with it. Right. Nightmare Alley to win. But I want June. Okay. I want... Because June deserves it, man. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that... Mm, we'll talk about it when we come to director. Let's but the fact next. that Denis Villeneuve has not been yeah. Oscar... Has not been given the treatment yet. For a sci-fi fruitcake that we yeah. all enjoyed. Fuck me. We enjoyed. <laughs> not everyone in the room enjoyed. Well, clearly a lot of people from the Academy enjoyed yeah. it. Eight nominations is fucking good for yeah. a sci-fi, man. Like, yeah. But... Yeah, the, the, because of production design and cinematography, this year at least, being so fucking entrenched in each uh-huh. other, it's such an open game. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Nightmare Alley to win. June, I want to win, though. Right, here we go. It's directing time. Uh, we are... Oh, boy, we get to bring anything? this in. No, I haven't missed anything. So this is going to be a penultimate one before we get to Best Picture stuff. So, yeah. directing. The nominations are... Belfast, uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Drive My Car, directed by uh, Rizuke... I've said that wrong, haven't I? I Yusuke Hamaguchi. Thank you. Uh, Licorice Pizza by Paul Thomas Anderson. The Paradog for Jane... Champion? Campion. Campion. And West Side Story, Stevie Spielks. Um, Stevie Spielks. Stevie Spielks. Um, Okay. Yep. What do you think will win? Jane Campion. Not even a contest. Really? Seriously. The oh. narrative is too strong for another female win uh, ah, because it's right. time. Because we've just had Chloe Zhao, yeah. And honestly, anything is better than Chloe Zhao. All of these are far more accomplished directors than right. Chloe Zhao. So this is a huge uh, palate cleanser. You're counting Spielberg out. Yes, I am. Oh boy, I 
I feel like he can West. choose if he wants to win one. Yeah. He would just let them know that, oh yeah, I feel like actually yeah. winning one this year. Fair this, is, this is very much like Steven Spielberg just wanted to do West Side Story. Yeah. It's not an effort. No, he's in his he's in his stage now. He's done all of his important archaeal stuff, this artistic stuff. Um, he's now in his I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I yeah. want stage. It's like, what do you mean you want to, you know, you want to try and make an Oscar nominated movie or something that already won Best Picture in 10 Oscar nominations? You're like, and he just turns around and he's like, I directed, <laughs> I helped out on Jurassic. No, he did direct Jurassic Park, didn't he? Yes, he, he did Jurassic yeah. Park. I directed Jurassic Park. Of course, go ahead. Roll out the you red know, He can literally go like, I. Um, Oh well, the list of awards and nominations to Steven Spielberg is its own Wikipedia page. That's um, uh, that's good. I just want to see what he's actually won Best Director for. Right, so he won it for Schindler's List. That makes sense. Uh, he won it for Saving Private Ryan. Also makes sense. That's it. He's only won two, and the last one was in 1998. Wow. Yeah, he has since been nominated. So he's he got nominated for Bridge of Spies, didn't he? Yeah. So he got um, he since so since Saving Private Ryan, he got nominated in 2005 for Munich. He got um, nominated for Lincoln in 2012. Uh, then he got... This is his last one since then. So he's only been nominated three more times uh, since Saving Private Ryan won. So Munich, Lincoln, and now this. Um, Ready Player One didn't get looking. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, but so, ultimately, ultimately, he controls the pop culture zeitgeist because, you know, Jurassic does. Park. Um, the fact that Jurassic Park wasn't a directing nomination for him. Oh! Well, to be fair, it was in the same year as Shin's List. So that's a fucking good year. That's a hell of a year. <laughs> yeah, because he literally he um, he had to do. Um, he basically used Dress Park as a thing that made him happy mm. when he was doing all the really heavy days on fucking Shin's List. Um, and then because he um, George Lucas edited uh, Dress Park. Yes. Um, so he was literally on the phone to George going, "I need some happiness. Please tell me my fun dinosaur movies do." <laughs> I'm still annoyed that he didn't return the favour to do Revenge of the Sith. I know, right? I, I, that's, that's on the heaven list if I get there. I want to see Steven Spielberg's Revenge of the Sith. I love Revenge of the Sith. It's going to be even better if Spielberg has a fucking <laughs> whacked it. Um, yeah, so he's only he's only once. I mean, he's won, so he's not like a... And fucking, twice, which just, is yeah. fucking an achievement in itself. And that was back-to-back nominations as well from 93 and 98. So, all right, you can turn out, you can t- count out Spielberg. But, okay, um, so that's who you think think's gonna win yeah she's swept in all the right. other awards it, it just makes sense or the the path's been laid they only it's like she's got five stones in the gauntlet right she only needs just got the oscar out of vision's head and then we're fucking good to go yeah, all pretty right much. um but what do you want to win oh that's a good question um i think i'm gonna have to say kenneth Branagh for belfast after all right. that <laughs> I really enjoyed it. At the moment, it's number one. Now, we're only three months into the year. Uh-huh. And there are a lot of movies coming up that I'm very interested in. Yeah. I don't like its chances for staying there. Probably not. Probably not. But I really enjoyed this movie. And I I think even... Because what it does... Whilst it is a film that is very much about Kenneth Branagh's experience of the Troubles... Yes. It's not about the Troubles... Right. Which is a gripe I had against it is that oh. I was like, there's not enough Irish history in this. Right. It's about a kid growing up in an active war so, zone. Yeah, an right. active religious war zone. With the troubles it, happening over there. Oh, the troubles happen. Oh. Stra- it's minute it, two. Right, okay. Like he's playing outside and all of a sudden there's people with balaclavas and molotovs wrecking houses. Right. And 
It's this constant thing that keeps coming up, but it's almost normal for him for for the for the the, the Kenneth Branagh child standing character mm-hmm. to have barricades at the end of his street that he has to kind of clamber over if he wants to go to school. Right. So they've made very clear decisions of this is a child's experience right. of civil unrest. Right. And that's what I like about it is that the the biggest problem is not the big scary men with crowbars putting the windows in. Right. It's how do I get the girl behind me in class to like me? Or right. is granddad going to be okay? So that's it's that kind of stuff. It's got a bit of that Jojo Rabbit about it where like Exactly yeah. this very big and knowable to a twelve year old at the very least thing mm. is happening and here's his like lower level issues that he's dealing with in the exactly face of that. Exactly right, that. Okay. It's very Jojo Rabbit. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up watching it at some point. But again, I, I I hold no interest in me whatsoever. <laughs> I know I'm a fucking caveman, and I know I should be more respectful of these types of things. But like the joke, I'm going to keep saying my jokes. I'm very well proud of it. This doesn't have a black and white filter on it. That's just what Belfast looks like. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know they still have a divining war in Belfast in the year 2022. Yeah, I didn't know that. I thought we'd like. I know like there's still a bit of unrest, but like I didn't know we'd still had to segregate those idiots from each other. Mm-hmm. Fucking! Does it have a thing about that at the end, like you know, like a black Klansman type of thing of well, like? It's interesting. It's still it, going. it kind of acknowledges it right at the very beginning of the movie, right? Because the okay. movie opens with full color shots. I've got to talk about the use of color in this movie, right? Well. Okay. It opens with full color widescreen shots right. of current day Belfast. Right. It then puts itself down against a grey wall uh-huh. that is a real wall right. and comes back up and is in black and white. Right, okay. And then colour from that point on colour is used very selectively. Okay. And it's always things that are meant to be vivid, which is right. great. So there's a great scene where they go and see Chi Chi Bam Bang mm-hmm. and Chi Chi Bam Bang is in full colour. And the colour is projecting down into this black and white Right, room. okay. And it and it's because it's this happy memory in this time of great uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. The same when they go and see like a stage production, you can see the colour reflected in Judy Dench's glasses. Right. As she's kind of like getting like really into this children's pantomime because right. it's because it's something that's happy that she's sharing with her grandchild. It's it's done so well. Right. And there's so many good decisions based around making this an approachable story about family as opposed to almost a quasi-war story because they don't go down that route. This family gets out of Belfast before the bad shit happens. Right. Even though, like I say, minute two, the street gets put in with bricks and molotovs. Right. Worse shit happens, but that family get to escape. Right. And it's about and it's exactly what Kenneth Branagh experienced, gotcha. which I really appreciate. So if there was ever a recounting of my watching of Chichi Bang Bang as a kid, it would be the opposite way around. Yeah. My full life of colour in this boring fucking grey and white movie. <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a shit about your flying car and your fucking capers. Fuck off. <laughs> capers. Uh, I know you fucking hate that word. <laughs> one of our dinosaurs is missing was described as a caper. and it's I'm One never, of our dinosaurs. I'm, I thought they were winding me up. I thought it was a piss take and then they bought the DVD and... I'm not getting those two hours back. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, and just to affirm, you know what, I'm gonna, we, we're going to mention it in a minute. It's the big one. Yep. It's time for Best Picture. It right. is. So, your nominations are Belfast, Coda, Do Not Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune slash June, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. We're going to go top to bottom. Uh, let's top to top, you mean? 
Least likely to most likely. That's the one, yes. yes. So this is based on your head choices. Yes. Feel free to pepper... I mean, you're going to pepper in your opinions anyway, but... Absolutely. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. What is number ten? Nightmare Alley. Right. I don't feel like there's enough steam behind this movie to uh-huh. propel it to best picture. I didn't know it come out yet. Yeah, it came out start of February here. Right, okay. And it's... It's... It's a good film. What I appreciate about this is that if you're going to remake a movie, remake a movie no one's fucking heard of. Yep. So like a kind of bog standard 1940s movie that is now remade into a Del Toro kind of um, like very like psychological horror. Yes. Perfect. Right. This is how you remake movies. Uh-huh. The problem is, is that I, I think it goes on a little bit too long for what it tries to achieve. Right. And... I don't know whether I'm on the downward trend from Bradley Cooper or not, because he was just fine. Ah, right, okay. Whereas, like, uh, it's just some very interesting things of, like, he doesn't talk for the first half an hour of the movie. And when he does talk, it's when he's becoming a bad person. And he becomes, like, his speeches kind of elevate as the worst person he gets. Right, okay. Um, And they tell, I think my problems with it is they telegraph the ending far too hard. Right, okay. Which is a shame. Yep. And there's no real way to get invested. There's no like, oh my God, how can he keep pulling this stuff off? Or how does his partner, like Mm -hmm. this person, this woman that he's run off with from the circus, how does she get out? There's no tension towards the end. There's just, and here's another bad decision, and here's another bad decision that they just kind of scrape through. We're not building towards anything. We're not. We're just running them through the grinder over and over again. Right, okay. So that when it does go to shit at the end... It's not really surprising. Like we were already shit. Like, this yeah. is fine. Okay. We were already, like, trying to cheat a rich man out of it. Like, exploit a rich man. It's, it's a psychic problem. Right, okay. This movie eventually is trying to cheat them out of money for their emotions. Right, okay. And when it all goes tits up, you go, well, of course this was going to happen. This is no great surprise. Yeah. Whilst I enjoyed how the movie looked up until this point, because the production design's very good. Yeah. And it shot pretty competently. Not my favourite Del Toro movie. But... Up there. Up there. Right. But he ain't got a hope in hell of winning Best Picture. No. No way. Fair enough. Somehow you think that West Side Story's got more of a chance, but there we are. Number nine. Now it's Don't Look Up. Oh, I have seen this movie. You have. I liked... God, it didn't come up at all in any of the other categories. It is nominated for, I think, its Best Original Screenplay. Let me just right, double okay. that, though. Uh, original screenplay, Don't Look Up, yes. As Love well it. as for original score. Okay. Somehow not for original song. Which I would have picked as my heart pick if the Ariana Grande Just Look Up yep. had been nominated. Right, okay. Which it should have been. Yep. Um, cool, okay. I, I really like this movie. I, I had it on my top ten for last year. Same. But... We both put it at number nine, didn't it, we? Yeah. yeah. It feels like it's an obligation when Adam McKay does his comedy but also slightly serious think about these things movies like um uh the big short and stuff like that that it's just a tokenistic thing like it's mm. gonna get a nomination he's doing something with it and he's got a very big cast and all that good stuff but mm. yeah i agree it doesn't seem like this is really gonna have a, a, a hope in hell it's a very similar situation as to when vice was nominated right yeah but vice is had such a lasting impact because he made you kind of go, oh shit, that sphere's influence has never left. Yeah. And the the ongoing kind of dread that that has. Whereas I appreciate that this movie decided to end and had an ending. 
Always nice. Unlike Vice, which is just kind of like, and the misery continues. Oh yeah, there's no there's no misery left to be had. No, not in Don't Look Up, there isn't. Um, so, but also that kind of robs it of that kind of staying power. Because you just go, and then the world was fucked. Then, yeah. yeah. It's got some things to say about the path we're on. And I think it's got a lot more... I, I kind of still really... The Mark Rylance performance above everything else stays with yeah. me. Because it's just... It's such a reflection as where we are with fucking... Bezos. Yeah, 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 yeah. CEO entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the the fact that uh, Inside wasn't uh, even eligible here for anything. No, fucking kills me because I love that. It's okay. Don't anyway. worry. Here comes number eight. Number eight. So we have. I'm gonna have to put marks next to these before I say uh, where we are. I was like, so you've you've gone with Nightmare Alley and Don't Look Up have gone already. So there's 10, isn't there? Yes. So Nightmare Alley was number 10. Don't Look Up was number 9. Um, after this, I hate to say it, but I do... No, actually, no. Licorice Pizza. That's going to be the next least likely. This is the one that I've, for some reason, watched the trailer half paying attention to it and was convinced it was the Barbra Streisand biopic movie. <laughs> And I don't know why. <laughs> because there's this big Barbara Streisand story as part I of I think it. this Bradley Cooper kept saying... Oh this my, is, I'm, not this, on, I'm not on the Bradley Cooper down slow. He's fucking great. There you this. go. Because Bradley Cooper keeps saying to this guy, this is Barbara Streisand. And then there's a very uh, there's a woman who's very prominent in the trailer. I was like, is that Barbara Streisand? Was Barbara Streisand that famous when she was that young? Because <laughs> like, so I, I, my brain did some gymnastics and made me think that the main woman is, is Barbara Streisand. But... Anyway, apparently not. No, it's um, not that. So, so what's it mean? What? What's liquid feature about? So, okay. First up, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Who isn't going to win for directing, but he's well respected by the Academy. Uh-huh. Whose previous movie was Phantom Thread. Oh, you love Phantom Thread, Michael. Famously, <laughs> it's your favourite. You know what? This is actually a genuinely massive improvement. Right, okay. But... The movie makes me uncomfortable for reasons I unfortunately have to go into. Oh, please. So, the movie concerns this budding ro- kind of partnership stroke romance between right. Alana Haynes' character, mm-hmm. who is 25 years old. Uh-oh. And, um, oh Uh-oh. God, what's his name? It's it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman. Right. Whose character is 15 years old. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now you've reached the crux of why this movie makes me feel fucking uncomfortable. Oh, no. And it's not to denigrate the performances from Alana Haim and Coop Hoffman, because they're both very good. They both capture two sides of the loser coin, and I like them individually. Uh The problem with it is... Had you not ended with the two of them getting together... Oh, no. I would have been higher on this film. Because I actually think from a production standpoint, it's very well put together. Right. Kind of like a a 70s kind of LA cool, like, in the circle of all the cool things happening in Hollywood, but not actually being in that. It's kind of like, it's it's not Hollywood, it's Encino. So, like, it's out there, but, like... Right. It's... But, like... He's a child actor who's now coming to the end of his tenure and he's not really getting cast as an adult. So Uh. he has to like, we've set up a waterbed business because that's the big new thing. And these interesting little chapters are a lot of fun. Mm. Had it not been punctuated the entire way Mm. with what should be statutory rape, (laughs) they, they don't fuck. They don't fuck, but they do get together at the end. 
And I just... I'm like, just swap the genders for me. Yeah, I, I was just about to say, this is the opposite way around. The, the, the adult in the situation is clearly the villain. This is like um, hard candy or whatever that thing was. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's that. It's yeah. uh, Lolita. It's Lolita. Yeah, that. But, but And like, especially because like a couple of days ago, so I was mopping up the list uh-huh. and a news story came out about a 23-year-old teacher who slept with a 14-year-old student oh. getting eight years in prison. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, shouldn't Alana Holmes' character get eight years in prison? <laughs> I just it just ruins it for me because otherwise I think it's it's oddly funny and charming. Right. Were it not with this overtone of he he's shooting his shot with somebody way older, right. she's a fucking loser, and settles for a minor. Ah, oh, makes me feel weird. This makes is, me feel icky. It's going in the shape of water box, isn't it? Yeah. Of like you've the taken, sod was right. The box. Zod was right. Box. <laughs> Hopefully, this is the Zod was right slash Bradley Cooper was right. Oh, Bradley Cooper's so good in this because he's totally devoid from all this fucking right, okay. minor fucking. <laughs> he just he comes in and he's just mental. <laughs> I've killed Darren. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> He's devoid from the minor fucking. <laughs> that that should be on his fucking. Exception. That should be like on his nomination card. The best bit of the movie is him at the petrol station because he's just going for it. Right, okay. And like he appears. There's a shot. They've he, he's he's it's Barbara Streisand's manager stroke husband, and he hires mm. the the child to install a waterbed. Right, and he's a dick to him. He's like, I will cut you if you get anything wrong. So. They just leave the water running in his house and run away. Right. Because he's not coming back. They're like, we got away, we got away with it. And then, like, their truck breaks down. And then over the fucking crest of the hill, (laughs) he's just not in his car, just fucking striding up. It's the funniest fucking shit. But it's in a movie where there's a really troublingly, like, inappropriate relationship that means I can't recommend it. You know, I have this working theory that George R. R. Martin has a really thick cousin and he's trying <laughs> yes. to make cousins the same. <laughs> yep. Like, is that... And, like, my, and, and um, what's his face? Um, Michael Bay, yep. the whole fucking way through Transformers 4 doing yep. the Romeo and Juliet card. He's literally got a fucking card that tells you it's fine for what he's doing. Yeah. It's Paul- legal here. <laughs> Like, Does Paul Thomas Anderson want to have sex with minors? And, and... Paul Thomas Anderson needs to uh, have a tag on, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, if, if, if he's been near a school during the production yeah. of this movie, that's trouble. I don't want to see anybody in the documentary saying there was no signs, okay? I don't <laughs> want that, no. Um, lovely. So what's number seven? Number seven, then, unfortunately, I think we come to Coda. Okay. Which is a big Big shame. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, of the movies I've watched this year, as part of the Oscar run, yes. this one is my favourite. Okay. I fucking love this movie. You know what else I love about it? It doesn't need three hours to tell its fucking story. Nothing. It turns out very little needs three hours <laughs> to do. It's a svelte hour 40, Oof. and it does exactly what you want it to do. Oof. It is all of the charming. It is super laugh-out-loud funny. Right. It is poignant and it kind of illuminates all these different problems that people in the deaf community would be facing uh-huh. whilst also trying to integrate into a fishing community but also she wants to be a singer as what? a very funny um, music teacher character who I forget who plays him but he's great uh-huh. but that core family relationship between the four of them right. 
is so well realised. It feels so real. Mm-hmm. And like, everybody's a bit of a dick. Right. But for perfectly human reasons. Right. Like, the mom is super not okay with her singing because she's kind of a bit jealous. Right, okay. And like, she was a model, but she's not now. And there's that kind of like faded glory kind right. of thing going on. The dad is trying to be a solid businessman and also trying to be supportive. And like, He's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. This is the Troy Kotzer performance. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily make him the smartest. And he relies so heavily on his daughter to do that communication. Right. That there is a kind of a crack in their relationship at the midpoint of the movie that, again, is realistic and wonderfully realised. And then there's the jealousy of the brother. It's not even the jealousy. It's the kind of he wants the independence. He wants... He doesn't feel like he needs to integrate. He's mm. like, they will respect me because I will do this, that, the other. Right. Like, ju- just because I'm deaf doesn't mean I can't run a business. Doesn't mean I can't have all these negotiations. Mm-hmm. Even though very early on it's shown why he's not part of the fisherman's drinking buddies. Right. And it's so well done. It's so beautiful. It's ju- it, it's not a tearjerker. It's very feel good. Right. Okay. And it's fucking funny. I did not expect. The three deaf actors in the movie to just basically be the three stooges. Right. But they are like, it's laugh a minute, like in the oh, first hour. It's this so is, good. This is the one you've you've told me to watch the most. This is such an easy recommendation. Okay. Not just for you. Everybody listening, fucking watch Coda. Get yourself an Apple trial. Watch Coda whilst you've got it. Yeah. Also watch Wolf Walkers from last year. And hey, yes. do you like Bob's Burgers? Well, there's a musical Bob's Burgers series on Apple Plus okay. called Central Park, which is great. Right. And I'm currently watching that minute ted lasso is also on there ted lasso is on there as well ted lasso um and yet it's only number seven it's just not likely it just hasn't got the momentum right it's got the it's it's got the goodwill for the acting nomination i think supporting actor i would love it to happen right um and i think that i think it's nominated for a couple of other things i think it's adapted screenplay i think let me double check it is yes adapted screenplay Mm -hmm. where it's got a chance I think it's got a chance. Lovely. Um, but best picture, it's no. not going to happen. Number six. Number six, then. Unfortunately, it's Dune. Oh, God. That means West Side Story's made to a top five. Yeah. That's not good. Okay, Dune slash June. Let's call the whole thing off. It was... Ne- yeah, I know. It's never going to make it, is it? It's just too niche. When was the last time a sci-fi or a fantasy movie... Was it Lord of the Rings the last time that something that isn't a drama won? Lord of the Rings won a fucking Oscar. Return of the King won in 2003. Speaking of needlessly long fucking movies. <laughs> um, okay, cool. But, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's, sci-fis it's, don't do well outside of the, te- the technicals. No, and that's fine. I don't think Dennis Villeneuve is going to be too... It got nominated. Hmm. You know what I mean? It got in there. It is an Oscar-nominated movie. He's probably still pissed about the directing. Um... I fucking would be. Yeah, he would. Enough. He so deserves it this year. I feel like he's even in interviews, like not even showed, like not even trying to hide his fucking disgust. Yeah, like, at his pissed not... off. Like, I made Dune digestible. You fuckers will bet to me. He <laughs> uh, took an unfilmable film. And got it to an Oscar nomination. You yeah. know what I mean? That's fucking. That's fucking. Is the achievement just because we actually understood what was going on? 
most of what was going on. <laughs> yeah. I don't think charitably we could say we understood all that was going on. We still don't know what the quizzical anoraks do. But no, you know. <laughs> no fucking clue what they do. And we still really don't know what the worm looks like. <laughs> it was never really worm time. It was never really worm time, and unfortunately it will not be worm time uh, this evening for Doom. But that's okay. We're into the top five now. We certainly are. What's number five? For me, it's Drive My Car. Oh, no. Our West Side Story is getting dangerously high here. Yeah. Like, I know it's only your head picks, but I'm getting worried. Drive My Car is maybe the one, other than Coda, that I've heard the least about. Um, as I'm famously Japanese. <laughs> we didn't even talk, we didn't even bother doing a fucking state of play review because what boys are not caring. Do you want a remake of a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game? Because we got it. Uh, like, they even tried to get me dinosaurs, Michael. They're giving it a go. Oh yeah, Capcom's dinosaur game because they just won't do Dino no, Crisis. They really don't want to do Dino Crisis. They won't give me the one Japanese game I want. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Um, see, what's what's Drive My Car about? Is it? About an Enterprise rent a car? No, sadly not. Damn it. All right. You're asking the question, what is Drive My Car about? It's a three-hour movie that tells a short story. It's adapted from a short story. <laughs> oh, boy. It's... I recognise what it's doing. God, it's, really if it's do. even too Japanese for you, that's... Oh, no, it's not that it's too Japanese. Right. This is a very Western storytelling. Oh, okay. Or at least a very international... There's several different languages in the movie, but the main one is Japanese. Right. Uh, but this also contains a Korean cast, a Taiwanese cast, and there are English-speaking parts of it as well, right. as well as sign language, because there's not Ooh. enough multi-mode okay. language things. So, primarily, it is about... Um, a theatre director uh-huh. whose wife, who is a TV screenwriter, suddenly passes away due to a brain hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. Um, during this time, this theatre director is performing in a multi-language performance of Uncle Vanya, right. which is the Chekhov play. Mm. Um, and he's now directing a version of this. Right. Has moved you know, from up north down to Hiroshima to do this. Uh-huh. Um, and he's putting together this cast. One of the cast members being the person who his wife was cheating on him with. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and the the Cole Drive My Car title comes from one of the conditions of his residency is that he's not allowed to drive his own car. Right. It is like a, an 80s Saab 700 with a tape deck. Okay. And the tape deck's like this big part of the movie because he's got a tape of his wife reading the parts that he doesn't play in Uncle Vanya right. so that he can practice his lines. Right. And in, and it's then the relationship that's, that's formed with the person who is driving his car, this young girl, mm. who kind of almost talks him through therapy about the loss of his wife right. whilst driving his precious car. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's it's weird to be in the backseat and for it to be a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. She's clearly a very good driver. Yeah. And she, she asks the right questions at the right time. So like, do you want the tape playing again? Who is this on the tape? I really like her voice. And talking through his trauma. Right. The problem is, mm. at three hours long, <laughs> the credits, the opening credits... Don't play for 45 minutes. Oh, that is... It's a 45-minute prologue. Oh. oh. Which is God, before the dick. wife that's, dies. That's a dick move. Yeah. Eh? You 
fucking arsehole. Yeah, right. But... God, that's wanky. But I don't dislike it. Right. I'm sure as shit not going to watch it again. No. It's too long for what it is. The best scene in the movie is not the climax, which is right. fucking annoying. It Talk about slow burns. Like... This is like a glacial burn. <laughs> this is a this is frostbite as a movie. Oh, right. But I didn't dislike what it was trying to do because it is very much. It, it comes from a short story collection called Men Without Women, mm. which is like uh, stories about men who then lose a key female figure in right, their life. Okay. And I like that as a story about slowly processing trauma and not being able to face up to reality. Yeah. The problem is, is that the best scene in the movie, which is he's in the backseat of his own car with the guy who's been shagging his wife. Uh-huh. And here's the weird thing, right? So one of the key things about the movie is when him and his wife had sex, she came up with great ideas for stories. Mm, and she was right. telling him this one story and then she died. Right. And he was like, oh, she was telling me this one story about this woman that breaks into somebody she fancies at school and leaves like traces of her presence trying to get caught. Um and he's like, it's a shame it didn't finish. And then this fucker is oh, like, no. actually, all this other stuff happens in the story. <laughs> it's real tense. It's the best scene in the movie. And it's not where it ends. <laughs> oh, lovely. That, no. I can't I... recommend it to anyone, but it's interesting. I feel like that's on the list of movies that he's playing on the plane when I fly home and think, and I can't sleep on planes. <laughs> you'll sleep through this. Exactly. To be fair, tragedy with Beth, you'll be straight. Mm. Oh, to sleep. sweet. Yeah, my body will just immediately force itself into, sh- <laughs> into lockdown. No. Hard <laughs> 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 reset. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> right. Number four. Number four, then, is King Richard. Oh, it's a top three. Okay. Yeah. King Richard, this is one that, if it's, again, this seems like, this has plain movie Mm. written all fucking over it for me. Um, I really strongly recommend this movie. I know you really like it. Yeah. In fact, if it was, well, we'll get to the end before I ask you what your heart pick is. Sure. Um, But, yeah, this this looks interesting. And it's not necessarily it's out of the running. You don't feel it's maybe got as strong a chance as somehow West Side stuff. I think the only thing that's pulling this through is that nomination with Will Smith. Right, okay. And that's it. Right. This is not a strong enough pull from the other categories. And as we enter the top three, I'm going to talk about a route I found yep. to win the Oscar. Okay. Uh, to be fair, it's not me. Other people have also noticed this, but like, right. it really solidified itself this okay. year. Um, I really love it. As I've said, I think it's the best biopic we've had in about... Five, ten years. Mm, do I like it? No, I like it more than I, Tonya. But I, oh, Tonya was, was the good. last good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't like Bohemian Rhapsody, do you? I fucking hate Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> it's a <laughs> pile of shit movie. Um, so this, I really do highly, strongly recommend. Right. But it's not pulling through in award season enough. There is not enough representation no. from, this cinema, from this cinema, from this movie. Right. And more so not from Will Smith. Who right. is not doing the rounds, who is not campaigning hard enough. And whilst the goodwill is there, people recognise it's a great movie. Right. Even though it's nominated in the categories it needs to be nominated in to yeah. win, it just isn't going to happen. Which is, it could, for all intents and purposes, this feels like the movie that if the other ones were knocked out of the running, mm-hmm. this could run away with all those seconds, thirds, and fourth votes. Yeah. But it's it's not a top contender right no. now. It would be a phenomenal upset, and I would love it if he did go home with it. But I just do not you see don't this see happening. it happening. Um, 
Cool. Okay. So I'm just looking up something for a future joke, which is always the best. Um, what's number three? Okay. So to understand why the top three are in the top three, yep. let's talk about how to win an Oscar. Okay. If me and you wanting to win an Oscar. For the past 94 years. Yes. Outside of one occurrence. Uh-huh. If you get a best editing nomination, yeah. you win. Ah. Or you're at least in the conversation. Right. The only time this didn't happen was in 2014 for Birdman. Right, okay. So let's take a look at the editing nominees from this year. We haven't done pitch an Oscar movie yet, have we? We haven't pitched an Oscar That'd movie. That'd be a good Mad Libs one. So here are your ones uh-huh. for editing. Don't Look Up, yeah. Dune, yes. King Richard, yeah. Pair of the Dog, yeah. Tick, Tick, Boo. Right, okay. Now. If you get an editing nomination, yeah. you're already on the path. So we've already right. took, we've already actually already ruled out um, King Richard, Dune, Don't Look Up. Right. That's your first grade. Okay. So get, make sure you're on the right track. You then need a, um, a screenwriting nomination. Yeah. So the screenwriting nominations for this year were, bear with me, original screenplay was Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Worst Person in the World. Right. Well, out of those, we've we've got one left. Right. In Belfast. Uh-huh. An adapted screenplay, we've got Coda, Drive My Car, June, Lost Daughter, and Pair of the Dog. I see where you're going so with we've this. We've got one left. Right. So your acting people actually make up your biggest branch in the Oscar. Okay. So for, you want as much backfill yeah. with technicals uh-huh. before the actors push you forward. Right, okay. Look who's nominated in the uh, yeah, actors' Yeah, they've role. got four Pair of the Dog nominations across the four categories. So you know so. where I'm thinking for number one. Yes. But who's going to fill those last two and three three and two? Right. Now, we've already ruled out um, Drive My Car at number five. And the reason yes. it's actually mid-table is because that's the new route to win. Right. Which is get a nomination and win yeah. for um, Best International. Yeah. You then need four other nominations, and it's the same nominations that Parasite got right. and won Best Picture. Best Picture obviously being one of them. Yeah. Director, mm-hmm. and I think it was Screenplay. Right. So if you get International Screenplay, Director and Best, yeah. you've got a shot. Right, okay. Drive My Car is not as digestible as Parasite was. Right, okay. So that's why I rolled it out. Cool. So at number three, yeah. without the key nominations would be West Side Story. Okay, it's time to talk about the worst knife fight in movie history. This is what I've waited an hour and 40 minutes for, is to talk with Michael about something I told him about in the end of year stuff, 2021, the worst knife fight in movie history. Did I undersell the worst knife fight in movie history? No, so dumb. The worst. <laughs> and you will not find a bigger Steven Spielberg defender than I, even though E.T. is my least favourite film of all time. Mm. And AI. Just avoid initials and Steven Spielberg's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like they were afraid to touch the knives. Right? They're like, ew, icky. It's, it's <laughs> devoid of all narrative tension and weight because he's just got this weird plinky plonky piano music and they seem like I know they're actually being like directed to be like look these are two people who act macho wacho and all that stuff but aren't actually they don't actually want to do this they just feel compelled to do this by peer pressure and it seems like it's building towards this so they're narratively trying to get all that complicated stuff in, but they've gone with... Comes to them when the campy 61 version got this fight better. Right. <laughs> and then Ansel Elgort fucking comes in. <laughs> and after seeing his mate 
I want to say Benny. Riff. Riff gets stabbed to death by... Um, Bernardo. Bernardo. Just very, very casually and without emotion takes the life out of Riff and stabs it into Bernardo. <laughs> Pretty much without changing what his face looks like. Yep. His mild indifference. I'm just going to take that. There you go. Put that there. <laughs> when Riff gets killed, it's just very like a... Oopsie poopsie, like the nice. <laughs> Again, it's a very bloodless movie. Yeah. And it's just like, oh no, and now I'm dead. God, but I hated this movie. But I understand that, like, it's just, it's a box ticking exercise. Yeah. It's a Spielberg movie, which already gets you, like, 50% of the way anyway. It's got an actor, an actor uh, nomination, albeit supporting actress, which isn't really the greatest of signs. No. But I. I don't get it. Like, the only thing I could see this that would push us over the top is history is on its side. And wouldn't it be novel if the same movie won Best Picture twice? Mm. But does novelty really play all that much of in in the, in voting, I would I, guess? I know that we've got that thing of history rhyming. We yes. really do. And, you know, we've seen rhyming in a lot of things, most yes. notably Star Wars for us. Yes. But, like... It's it's an unnecessary remake. We talked about the the Nightmare Alley remake being valid, yes, and a wholly different experience, yes, which is great. The sixty one version was nominated for twelve Oscars and won ten. There wasn't a lot going on in not sixty one. Apparently <laughs> not. But like, it would be weird if history repeated itself and it won. It would be super weird because it feels like that's the only reason it would. Like, uh, it feels loved, but not like. If this had the same nominations, Pair of the Dog, yeah. I would say we're in for a repeat. Right. No problem. But it's also like, it's just like, it's not like Les Mis, which I, even I know is like this musical fucking behemoth. Mm. It's West Side Story. Yeah. No one's favourite musical is West Side Story. <laughs> it's fucking, the, the thing I have with it is that it's not relevant. No. Whereas, like, all these other stories are kind of relevant now. You know, we were tackling with Irish history a lot more with yeah. Belfast. We want more representation for um, disabled people with, uh-huh. with CODA. June, like, the fact that we've got a sci-fi in here is ridiculous. We've yeah. got an international pick. We've yeah. got a biopic. We've got the auto pick with Licorice Pizza. Did we need West Side Story? No. No one needed West Side Story. It's, it was Spielberg relevant. was like, I, need, I haven't done a musical and I might die soon. Let me tick that off. <laughs> in 61, when the thing was written in 57, yes. it was relevant. Yes. And it made sense to do this modern reimagining of the yeah. Romeo and Juliet story. Now, it's Oscar bait. It's yep. nostalgia bait. Yeah. And it's, well, you know, we're dangling the carrot of Spielberg. Yeah. <sighs> Sadly, it's working. Oh, no. <laughs> no, please. I, no. I, I can't see what is at best a popcorn musical winning that level of Oscar. I think when it's the production design and cinematography nominations are strong, uh-huh. if it wins both, uh-huh. it's in the running. Okay, maybe, but you've only got it a third, which would give me some hope that you think Belfast yep. is going to beat it. Yep, I think Belfast is the easy number two choice. Right. Uh, again, I've already talked about this movie at yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Mm. And it makes a lot of sense. I think there is there is a, a passionate air cry from the fact that Katrina Balfe didn't get nominated. Mm. Excuse me. That means that this has a big shot. Right. And it's going to clear up at the bathroom. Excuse me, the BAFTAs. Oh, yeah, he's going to sweep the board tonight, no problem. Yeah, I don't think it's nominated for Best Picture of the BAFTAs, which is unreal. And normally, 
if something wins Best Picture at the BAFTAs, yeah. it wins Best Picture at right, the Oscars. Okay. But I'm fairly certain Belfast isn't nominated, which means the BAFTAs hey. can't be the kingmaker. I don't really know. How is that allowed to happen? Um, oh, I've just seen here they've got presenting the BAFTAs. Yeah. It's fucking Waterface. Um, she's lost a lot of weight now, but uh, it's uh, Fat Amy from uh, oh, no. fucking Gibbleblur. Why must we have the worst, the worst people? <laughs> she was good in Jojo Rabbit. That's the only thing I've ever enjoyed. She was her good in. in Jojo Rabbit. I'll give you that. Um, hang on, let's see. Nominees, um, best film. No, it is up for best film. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, it's Belfast. Don't look up. Dune, Licorice Pizza, Licorice Pizza, and Pair of the Dog. Oh, if it wins that, it's so, propelled its chances. Up. West Side is not nominated for best film at the BAFTA. It isn't. So they can't be. It's almost like you know you follow that path and then you've got the yes. BAFTA Kingmaker. So it really is only between Pair of the Dog and Belfast. Right. Okay. That is it. Which means, unfortunately, Pair of the Dogs at number one. Unfortunately, I like it. I don't love it. Right. I, I've never been a fan of the thing that gets the most nominations. No. Even Parasite, the one in 2020, only got four nominations. Right, okay. I mean, it won all four. Yes. So, you know, there's a bigger hill to climb with the international feature. Yep. Um, but the, it's not going to happen for Drive My Car this year, no. which means that the front runner is the front runner for a reason. Right. 12 nominations. Cumberbatch is out there. He wants to win this yes. for acting. If I would say... If it wins adapted screenplay, if it wins editing and Cumberbatch wins, game over. Right. It's won. Mm-hmm. But if it loses Cumberbatch, that's a dent in the armour. Right. And I think it needs all three okay. to win, in my opinion. Lovely. But it's a good movie. Right. It's a very complicated kind of interestingly kind of... It's a damaged western, which I like. Right. Is that oh. it's, it's not it's not a you know saddle up the horses just go chase the Indians it's not that so it's not about Bendit Cumberbatch finding the dog talisman from Jackie Chan Adventures no but that would be immense. which would give him uh, immortality and rejuvenation yes. which would be quite nice it would be useful as well and one Thing. <laughs> the Etsy prices for these fucking talents <laughs> are ridiculous. I used to collect them with a magazine. Save, oh yeah, that's, that's in the loft somewhere. They're in a tin. But my brother loved it, and he could find me really good gifts. I haven't shown you my Mandalorian helmet, have I? You haven't. You've got the Mandalorian helmet. No. Oh. Lower your expectations. Oh no. Um, I'll t- show you the song we sing about it in a second. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> but yeah, pair of the dog. It's in my head. It can't be dethroned right now. Right. You've got Belfast nipping at the heels. If it wins the BAFTA, mm. it's a fucking tight close race. Right. Okay. West Side Story could still pull through, but for me, it's either a huge upset from King Richard. Yeah. An overtake from Belfast. Yeah. Pair of the dog with those. Just, I mean, yeah. I mean we saw what happened with the Irishman it could win nothing oh yeah the Irishman would fucking bugger all but that lost legs whereas like the narrative for Jane Campion to win Best Director and again if it wins Best Director and Cumberbatch takes it home and they get screenwriting it's game over right okay they've won right it's fine it's on Netflix so like you can go and watch this it's not an overly long movie I think it's just over two hours okay it's very dour it is very much like it is this. It's a character piece about kind of just like the most asshole cowboy you can think of disapproving of his brother's marriage. More so he- than Dutch. More so than Dutch. Jesus. At least Dutch had a plan. Yeah, Dutch <laughs> did have a plan. <laughs> um, and it's a very different performance from Cumberbatch, but you you just get the sense that 
if this had a bit more hope in it, mm. it probably might have achieved to a, a wider audience. Right. Whereas now it is very much like yeah. the auteur's pick. Oh, right, okay. But it's still good. I'd still okay. recommend watching it. It's, it's not like a avoid this shit like the plague. It's right. just, it might not be to your taste, it's, but it's no less a good movie. Lovely. Okay. Whew! We did it. We did it! That's uh, another year down. Just shy of two hours, so this podcast is actually longer than some of the stuff. It's probably longer than all of the shorts put together, so that's good. Yep. Um, lovely. So, what are you most excited about? Is there anything you're like, I'm really looking forward to this category because it's tight. I'm really looking forward to this upset. Anything you I mean, Jones actress is a tight race. Yeah. Anything could happen there. I think seeing an upset in actor, if Garfield takes it. Yep. Fucking love that. Uh-huh. That'd be brilliant. I mean, international feature is a nail on. Production and cinematography, a pretty close race. Yep. Not necessarily the kingmakers this year, but right. pretty good. Visual effects, if Spider-Man wins an Oscar. It's going to be that one. What's that, it up against? Uh, Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, and Shang-Chi. So, to me, it ain't even the best visual, visually effective Marvel movie in that list. No. Um, but I would say Dune's going to take that. I think that's Dune, yeah. yeah. Dune's going home with something. I, I would like to want it to go so. away with more. Yes. Um, the shorts, if you give a shit about the shorts, which not many people do. <laughs> the Oscars don't give a shit about the shorts, yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the fucking Aardman's one's going to win that. So that's the animated one. Aardman one? Yeah, Robin, Robin. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's going to win that. Uh-huh. The... Um, they always pick a dumb thing for the live action shorts, and there's two really good ones this year, mm. and I still think they'll pick the shittest one. <laughs> Actually, it's not the worst one. I think they'll pick one of the worst ones. They'll give Riz Ahmed an, an Oscar for yep. this one, because he didn't get lead actor, uh-huh. which means the long gun buy is going to win that. Right. But please hold, it's fucking really well done. They always pick an English language one, right. which is why Alakachu isn't um, going to win that. That's a really good one. About, I like at you. Uh, yeah, so it's um, it's the practice of, you know, in fucking okay, you know, Kyrgyzstan, when they nick the bride. That, yeah, yeah. So that right, that's okay. what it is. And it's denouncing that right, not celebrating it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, showing good. how it fucks people up. Yeah, yeah. But it's a really good short, but it won't win because it's not the English language. They don't give a fuck about right. foreign language no. movies in the the shorts. And yeah, I would love to see Coda come away with at least adapted screenplay and supporting actor, even though I don't think it's likely. Right. Mainly because the pair of the dog needs that screenplay award to Again, complete their gauntlet. Right. Okay. So it's probably not going to happen. Uh, and yeah, and if Cruella wins a costume Oscar, I will scream. <laughs> I fucking hate Cruella. <laughs> you, did you rewatch it uh, for this? Or no. You, uh, you can't force so. me through that shit twice. <laughs> Fuck no. Didn't think so. Like okay. I said, it's been a very approachable Oscars, but I just feel like it might be as predictable as, as you, last year. Right, okay. Remember last year when we they tried to finish on that big go home feel good Chadwick wins his Oscar? Oh, yeah. It didn't work. Uh, I'd love for them to do something equally stupid this year. Like, no, I'm not saying like like dare about it, but none of the acting noms are They're dead, dead. No. so don't have that. But you, yeah, that's. But you knew someone somewhere had read that he wasn't going to win. Yeah. So just move it. <laughs> just move it back. You were in control. <laughs> so when wrestling books matches, he doesn't need to. I'm like, it's a reality. You control. You don't book that match. Just, just, just do something else. <laughs> Fuck me. All right. Oh, God. Anyway. There um, we go. Another 53 movie scene. Woo. Again. Oh, Lovely. Boy. Um, right. Uh, none, 
we we have a lot less passion of talking about the Batman, but uh, please do go listen to us struggle conceptually with what our opinions are on the <laughs> Batman. Um, over on failentertainment.com, we also have reviews for the Book of Boba Fett, Pokemon Legend Arceus. Um, coming up very soon, um, what is right around the corner? We're going to have a So quick... Turning Red is out. Yes, I've seen Turning Red and The Adam Project. I need um, to watch both of those. Give them a go. Uh there's not a whole lot until kind of Aprily time. So yeah. March is pretty much on. There's the Lost City, but I don't think oh, you're yeah. in for a, a rom com with Channing Tatum and Sandra I've Bullock. I've actually already agreed to go and see. It. Yes, yeah. We've got to get through Morbius, but we'll get through it together, everybody. Thank it's you. Okay. Uh, and then, really running the gambit on. Is this going to be shit? Is it going to be good? On the same day, April 8th, we have Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah, as well as the Nick Cage movie about being Nick Cage. That! I saw the trailer played before the Batman, I was like, am I into this? (laughs) Am I not into this? It's such a weird concept. But it's not at the same time. <laughs> like, but I'm not a Nick Cage fan. Mm. Like, even unironically, I'm not a Nick Cage fan. But I don't know. It might. It, it's it's funny. The trailer was good. Yeah. So I don't know. We might be seeing that. But uh, and then it was ramping up to May. It is now. Um, we are going to be recording a few more pitch episodes in the near future as well because I'm not here for May. You're not. No, um, you are on um, your well-deserved honeymoon. Oh yes, um, you're going on your honeymoon before me. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to put that into the world. You would have been married almost two years by yeah. the time we got into my <laughs> Where are you going on your honeymoon? Japan. Japan. Yeah, I could have guessed that. But they won't let us in yet. Let me in. Let me in. You're going to go Disney with London, right? I don't know yet. I mean, I'll be in Tokyo, so like it makes sense. Disney Sea is apparently the best one. Oh, Michael, sure. I'm going to two Disneyland in the space of a month. You are? I forgot about that. <laughs> in fact... This time next week, as we record this, I will be in Disneyland Paris right the fuck now. So you'll be on Ride the Resistance. They don't have it, Paris. Ah, oh, no. No, they don't have it, Paris. We get the Ratatouille ride. That's that's good. And they've got um, the Star Wars Space Mountain. Mm. So that's dope. An Indiana Jones roller coaster. Uh, Phantom Manor instead of the Haunted Mansion. Um, and so on. Um, Phantom Manor. Phantom Manor. Uh, no, they haven't opened their Star Wars land bit yet. Mm. Um, nor have they opened their Marvel stuff because I think they're getting the Iron Man coaster, Ooh. which Hollywood isn't getting. That's interesting. Apparently, Web Slingers is a bit shit. Oh, that video you showed me is phenomenal. Of the oh, Spider Man, <laughs> the Spider Man I'm trying just the whacking its own door. Spider Man robot eight serious shit. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Oh. Um, but yeah, so we are going to be preloading a few uh, episodes there of pitches. Yeah. Um, and also you're getting married. That's the thing that's happening soon. Also that, yes. Um, more on that and or, or, all that you can follow over on our social media channels. Which you can find for me at that Mike Owen on Twitter, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And Darren at the Guttridge also on Twitter and Instagram. And you can go and find the site on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the username Fowley and T. That's F-O-U-L-E-N-T. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you can pick up your RSS feed as well as FileNightTainment.com, where you will find, as of today, I think I'm going to publish these on the same day, uh, my full breakdown of what I think will win every single category. We've covered most of them here, uh, but yeah, if you want all of it, it's all there. Lovely. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I need a drink. You had the same experience I did, listener, (laughs) just largely listening. (laughs) Um, Bye, everybody. Bye.